Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, everybody. Sunny morning, 94 WIP, along with my pal Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on what uh, I think is going to be a nice weather day out there. How are you, Jodith? Mac, I'd be good. How about you? Couldn't be better, my friend. Could nice. not be better. Looking forward to a fun show today where maybe if we're lucky, we kind of cover it all. It's it is that time of year right now, which is 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 almost almost betwixt and between. It's like there's not real baseball yet. Spring training started. That's fun. The NHL and the NBA have not yet hit the playoffs. So it's kind of those dog days. Uh, no NCAA tournament yet. No Masters. All those big March-April events were not there. Not quite football hot stove. Well, that's about to begin. So this is kind of the uh, the between time, the speculation time. So I'll tell you what, let's try to cover it all, even in this first segment, and let me start you with this. By the way, I uh, hope to get a lot of phone calls today. We, Mike Sealski and I took more calls than usual yesterday at 215-592-9494. There were a couple burning issues, and we're looking forward to talking to you today. Phillies open spring training, Jody. They beat the Jays by one extra point, 14-13, pitcher's <laughs> duel. Uh, I was uh, in the car. Yesterday yeah. with uh, Fransky and Stocker on the call. It was just great to be out there on the road, turn on the red. Damn, we got baseball. Um, it was uh, about, I think, 37 degrees or something. I had the heat on in the car, which you don't usually have when you're listening to baseball, but it didn't matter because it was Fransky on the radio calling Philly games. Couldn't have been better. Yeah, it feels great. I, I love A, I love baseball on the radio. B, I love Fransky and L.A. and Stocker and the Phils. And so it was just – it was fun. I did the show yesterday morning, drove home, put it on. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you, if you heard this one before, big day for Scott Kingry. Uh, uh, yeah, Johan Rojas with a couple hits. Not so good for the yeah. uh, the lefty, Colby Allard, who they got. His He got the first start, gave up three runs in the first inning. I don't – I'm not – I don't want to make anything of it. Today, the Phillies play their first home game right here on 94 WIP after us against the Yankees. Jody, just, you know, real quick, the, the, when you're thinking about baseball right now, you're thinking about the Phillies right now, what's the number one thing you are looking at it over the course of the next week or two? Um, did I sing Scott Fransky's praises in my first statement of the day? I think I did, right? Yeah, you did. Then let me say in statement number two, complete missed call on Johan Rojas triple yesterday. I'm in the car. He describes it back. Uh, the outfielder, I think it was Varsho, had a play, and he just doesn't catch the ball. And I'm going, oh, my, all right, so he hit it hard. That's a good thing, but it's just a blatant error. No, it wasn't. It was a good shot. It was. If he hadn't gotten there, it would have hit the fence on the fly. It wasn't a bad defense play by Varsho. I don't know if he lost in the sub, but it wasn't like if he hadn't caught it, it would have hit him in the head. No, Johan drove the ball. That was a good piece of hitting. The right center field, not having to pull the ball. Ball took off off his bat. I saw the video thereafter. I caught it first on the radio and then saw the video after. 
Uh, so that is my big thing in spring training. The Phillies, is, there's 97 things we can cover today about what will and won't make the Phillies season. But Johan Rojas has been on the top of my list since the offseason started. The speculation that he was going to start the year in AAA, he's not quite ready. They need to have another option in center field, maybe signing code. None of that was happening. And I tried to tell the people all offseason that was the case. Here's my simple explanation. I've been saying it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Johan Rojas ran out of gas. He had never played October baseball before. He just didn't have the stamina and being ready for it. And the Phillies saw plenty, both through his development in the minor leagues, his call-up to the major leagues, grabbing a job. He was just going to be here for a couple of days, and then they were going to send him back down. Never got sent back down, hitting 300. I didn't understand. I know he stunk in the, the postseason. Hit below uh, the, the highway. Four below 100. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, terrible. Just god-awful. He was, he, had, he was running on empty. He was running on fumes. He didn't have anything left. It wasn't a sign that, oh, my God, he can't play in the major leagues. Well, then how the hell he hit 300 for two months if yeah. that were the case? I never believed it, and I was glad to see him get a big hit game number one because I think he's going to be the everyday, every day uh, center fielder if he stays healthy. I think he's going to be in center field for upwards of 145 games. I, I may go a little bit less, but I do think he's going to be the regular center fielder. Uh, I think I'll give him 125, 130 games. And I think he's and I think he's going to be fine. I agree with you. 250, 260, steal some bases, play Gold Glove defense. I can live with that with this team. I'm happy with that. All right, we'll get into that again. Flyers yesterday lose at home two to one to the Rangers. A lot of blue jerseys sitting in the seats. Didn't like that. Um, I know you were watching it. I was at. We had the three year olds. So I was at the three year old yesterday, and you're texting me about the ending of the game, and uh, the Flyers just lose. Oh, they hit a post. Was this a situation where the scrappy Flyers hung in against, a, a, you know, an, an excellent team and just couldn't get one past Shesterkin, or uh, was this uh, a disappointing, disappointing loss? I hate moral victory, but there is moral victory. Was this one of them? Yes, because I thought the Flyers played well. I think they actually, uh, you do this, I do this, we all do this if you watch hockey games. Uh, the, the the bottom line is the, the scoreboard, but you can judge who gets the better of the play. The Flyers got the better of the play through most of the game. They controlled the puck more. They had more scoring opportunities. Sir Sturkin came up big. Yeah, and the Rangers, oh, by the way, have won nine games in a row. Now make it ten. Record-tying franchise, ten consecutive wins. That's pretty damn good. So you're playing a hot team. And, man, they had a couple opportunities late. And I, I texted you the one about the Couturier that hit the post. Yeah, I didn't I see saw it the that first replay, time. Yeah, I, I, when you saw it live, you just knew that he missed, that he was in close, had the puck, that he missed. Then they showed you the slow motion instant replay, and man, it hit the post and it went all the way across the goal line and almost went in. It was so darn close. It was a really fun regular season game. Uh, the Rangers are certainly the best team in the division. They might be the best team in the East. Um, they may see the Rangers again come postseason, and if that's the case, Flyer fans, you better not be letting Ranger fans get as many tickets as they had yesterday. But in a 2-1 game, which uh, these days everyone talks about offense, 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 sports, changing their rules to promote offense. It's all about how much scoring you can do, how exciting you can be. It was a 2-1 game, and it was great. The Flyers came out on the short end of it, but it was still a great in-season, regular season hockey game. 
And the Flyers are back at it this afternoon in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. 3.30 start there. Um, and they've been, you know, they, they've been a lot of fun this year. Don't know where it's going to end, but it's been a much better season than most people expected. Sixers today. Afternoon game, the return of Doc Rivers. I ask you, Jody McDonald, how will and how should Sixers fans react uh, to the return of Doc Rivers and, uh, well, Pat Beverly, but we'll get to him in a second. How uh, should they feel about Doc Rivers? Well, Doc is weird for me because I was a big proponent of his hiring. I thought he was the perfect guy at just the right time. They needed to move on from Brett Brown and the heavy water that he had to carry forever here as the guy, uh, as the face of the process uh, with Sam Hinkie hiding behind the curtain. Um, so I thought they needed an experienced, a resume head coach, and Doc Rivers brought all of that to the table. And the thing that I liked about Doc was I thought he'd handle the media tremendously well here in town. He was a member of it. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he was a guy yeah. who had done announcing and had yeah, the savvy and had been around the league. And he was an, uh, an abject failure at that when he was here in town. He had his shot. He couldn't advance him past the second round of the playoffs. So it was time to move on. Uh, the thing that annoyed me more than anything about Coach Rivers was his enabling of Ben Simmons. And how dare we ask questions about Ben Simmons, the biggest enigma in the NBA, and has continued to be since he moved on to Brooklyn. Um, Doc, uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for the memories. See you later. Bye. And if the fans let the uh, coach of the Bucks know that his time here in Philadelphia was not successful, I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, I think they're going to let him have a big time, and I'm all for it. Why not? It's, you know, fans have the right to do that. And part of what will make it fun is that you know it's going to annoy Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Other guys are just, eh, roll off their back. Of course, And I would not him. have believed that the day he was hired. Yeah. I thought he was going to be this great guy at handling the yeah. media. No. And you're right. He's, or criticism he's of any sort. And overly sensitive, and yeah, he'll hear he'll hear every boo that he gets this afternoon. Yeah. Remember when he said, "Would you ask that question of Pop?" Like, excuse me, pardon You're me. You're not Pop, buddy. You are not. Uh, just last thing, I, there's a great quote from uh, Patrick Beverly, who's returning today, who's apparently going to be guarding Kyle Lowry, uh, the newest Sixer. It's my favorite quote of the week. Well, other than anything said by AJ Brown, <laughs> Patrick Beverly quote: "Doc came and got his guy, me." Nick Nurse went and got his guy, Kyle. Now I see Nurse's hand. Man, I'm on Kyle's ass when we play in Philly straight up. That's just how it goes. That's how it goes. Like, how dare you? But say less. <laughs> he already said a lot. Yeah, he did. Um, and I like Pat Dev. I think oh, he was a great guy here. Pat Dev is, and, and he's, a, he's a, at this stage, he's great. He's not a star player, but he's a good contributing player. I think the the Sixers filled the void. I don't think they go, oh, my God, how are they going to get on without Pat Bev? But that won't, get, just because he's moved on, change my opinion that Bev did a really nice job when he was here. And, yeah, he's not afraid to mix it up either verbally or physically on no. the floor. Should yeah. be fun today because of that. Finally, the Eagles. Uh, actually, a lot coming up. We are in the verge of the NFL Combine, which means stories and scouting reports galore. That all starts tomorrow. Uh, full coverage is going to be on the NFL Network. Jody, you get to watch the guys run between cones. Always a good time. But it's about the rumors, and it's about the, you know, who's rising, who's falling. We're also about two weeks away from free agency. And, oh, by the way, 
They announced earlier this week the NFL salary cap is going up more than $30 million, the highest spike of any year since they introduced the cap in 1994. I will ask you, and we'll talk to callers about this later. We're going to talk to Jimmy Kemsky. How's that going to affect the Eagles? How that, How is that going to affect, well, I guess the other teams? Well, it affects everybody. Um, it's a league-wide increase so everyone gets the same leeway that they had everybody was doing their books speculating on what would it be and everybody got a little bit more breathing room because the nfl made that much money which by the way uh thank you philadelphia eagle fans uh every nfl player should say that because you allow them to put games on amazon on thursday night and that's where that extra money is coming from the inflated tv contract so it's coming out of your pocket that's why howie roseman's got more flexibility in building his roster this offseason because you guys allow that to happen because you spend as much money as you do on the National Football League. More power to you. Um, the the one thing I, I think is an immediate impact on the Eagles is somebody's going to pay Hassan Reddick $25 million per. Mm. The Eagles decided to play their negotiating game the way they did. Listen, we'll grant you permission to go out and seek a trade. You, I, No one has stated this, but as sure as I'm sitting here, and my name's Jody McDonald, yours is Glenn Mack now, they were asking for a number that the Eagles were com- uh, uncomfortable at getting to. So there was just a general difference in his value on the open market. So they said, well, go check the open market and see what you bring back to us. He's going to bring back $25 million per uh, average annual value. As sure as I'm sitting here, I think that's going to be the case. I thought he was going to get damn close to it now with the cap rising. I'm telling you he's going to get there. Eagles better be ready to pay it. They, they can't afford to watch uh, Hassan Reddick walk out the door. Um, this year for me, the Philadelphia Eagles very easily depicted their best defensive player was Hassan Reddick. Their best offensive player was A.J. Brown. And you've got issues with both of your two top players. Figure it out. Make it work. They had a bad season, a collapsed season, and you're going to talk about going without your best offensive player, your best defensive player. That doesn't work. Uh, Howie, you got to get this done. This is your job. It's Howie season. Make sure your best offense player and defensive player are here and happy to be here. Great point. Better not anger uh, Jake Elliott now. That's the best special teams player. But very good point by you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Didn't want to uh, yeah. undersell uh, Jake. You're right. Thank you. Uh, all of that is in play today at 215-592-9494. We have a couple good guests later on in the show. As I said, uh, Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice will join us to talk about the Combine and upcoming NFL activities. Tom McCarthy is going to join us to talk Phillies baseball at noon. Um, but there were a couple big Eagle stories this weekend, and uh, it was a lot discussed over the last couple of days. Mike and I certainly did it yesterday. I don't know. Jody, we can, we can discuss this as much as you want, or you can put a wrap on it. But most of the talk on the station over the last few days was generated by a call Friday afternoon to the station. We talk to players all the time here, but it's rare that one of them becomes angry enough to dial into WIP well, to call us out overall or a host in particular, and that's what happened this week when A.J. Brown called into the afternoon show to get a lot off his chest. It was a 20-minute conversation. He had a lot to say. Bottom line is he feels misunderstood. He feels he's portrayed as upset about things that he's not, that he's seen as a prima donna, that this narrative began that he wants to leave town, that he doesn't, that the media overall, WIP specifically, uh, creates this. So he called in. 
Um, let's start just kind of with your overall impressions. I'm sure you've heard it by now. Uh, and the reaction, what are your thoughts? Here is my overriding thought to it all. First things first, good on AJ. Uh, hey, uh, 215-592-9494. If Joel Embiid wants to check in with Mac and Mac today, feel free to check in, Joel. Careful, you, you uh, we're going to get Conklin now. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> that's a possibility, uh, but thank you for that. Um, love it when it happens. And good on AJ for doing it because if you really think that you're being misportrayed, set the record straight. Pick it up and dial a station. Uh, more power to him for doing it. And I applaud him for doing it. Doesn't mean I have to agree with everything that he said, but I still I'm going to give him the props for at least being out front with it when most other players wouldn't do something like that. AJ, if you're listening, and he probably isn't, but just in case he is, emotion and passion are very much necessary to be a superstar athlete, to be a great professional athlete on the highest of high levels, and he has both of them, and that is phenomenal, and that helps to make him, as I just stated, the best player. You need me to go a little further? Between he and Hassan Reddick, who was better, A.J. Brown, which makes him the best player on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm saying it. I'm not backing down from it. I believe it. But it's right, let's be play. Contr- I'm sorry. It's, it's got to be controlled, G-Mac. I think A.J. Brown lets his emotion and his passion get the better of him at times. And it doesn't play well on the field. And it leaves it open to speculation as to why is A.J. acting the way he's acting. And if people misread it or get it wrong, it's not done with malice. It's not done to try and break up the Eagles or belittle the Eagles. People are just giving their honest opinion on what you're doing. And I, that's, again, why I give him a ton of credit for calling in and at least giving us his uh, read of the entire situation, why he does what he does. I think we're all uh, better off for it. All right, let me play a couple cuts. This, this is a first one kind of talking about why – he called in and why he is bothered by this stuff, Justin. But a lot of stuff be personal towards me, though. You know, even like the uh, the whole diva thing and all that's like. I, I mean, listen, I I know you guys. You guys be talking. You guys, most majority of the news that come out of your show be negative all the time. And I understand where you're trying to get clicks and views and this and that. But you know, what I'm saying I don't think that's the way to go. I think you should be authentic and you should you should handle it the right way. But that's not how that show been going. And you know what I'm saying? I wanted to come on the show and talk to you guys a little bit and see see what's going on because it, it just doesn't make sense. And I, and I made right. a statement. Uh, that we, we, can, we got the gist of it there. And he's talking specifically to the WIP afternoon show, Ike Reese, Jack Fritz. And there was a cameo by Spike Eskin the other day that I think set him off, although I think what set him off was Spike was talking about his father, Howard, and AJ thought it was about him. But whatever. I mean, his bottom line is that he – he thinks, well, I think there's some truth in what he says. I, I talked about this yesterday. I don't think anybody at WIP is out to destroy A.J. Brown, clearly, but I do think there are some conversation. There are some arguments that get based on innuendo or small bits of info that get built into something much more than it actually is. Um, I think, I can't tell you, I've never done it in my life. I've been on this station for 31 years, a lot of it with you. There are times... When I look back at what I'd done, I felt like, you know, I made a mountain out of that molehill. And I think some of our colleagues do it at times. And I think also that WIP is the place where people are free to call in with their opinion. And sometimes they say rather incendiary things. 
maybe we ought to correct him more than we do. Um, separately, I think the nonsense that came off of TV this week, I know what destroyed the Eagles, but I can't tell you. It's my state secret. I think that opened the door up to just rampant speculation in our station, and that shouldn't have happened. A couple of things. Number one, uh, Craig Carton, ex-WIP host, which, by the way, and I said this on my Birds 365 uh, show, and you and I were together, I'm pretty sure at the time. might have been just as we got together or whatever. Um, during his day, Craig, I think he did it for two years, was not a bad Eagle beat writer. He was Elliott Shore Parks before there ever was Elliott Shore Parks. He went on the road with the Eagles, traveled with the Eagles, Eagles reporting, and I thought Craig was actually pretty good at it. And I don't know if he still got relationships. That's 25-plus years ago now. But he wasn't a bad Eagle beat reporter when he was doing it. Now he's a uh, talking head on TV whose job is to, as uh, AJ said, create clicks and or gather viewers and the like. So Craig's a different, he's got a different gig. He's doing a different job this year than one used to do. But he used to be a pretty damn good Eagle reporter. He's a national guy. And that's, the Philadelphia media shouldn't be lumped in with Craig Carton. Craig Carton is no longer a Philadelphia media guy. So I heard a lot of that this week, which I thought was completely off-base and unfair. Um, so I'll defend the Philadelphia media, at least in, in that way. And the other thing that A.J. said, that just it bothers me. People's talk in, in, in large terms. I think that I'd love to – I should have told Justin to, to grab this specific quote. The majority, the great majority, the vast majority, I forget exactly how he said it, is negative. That's just not so. Glenn, that is not so. When it needs to be negative, Philadelphia is always ready to go negative. Yeah, I I actually have it. I have it transcribed. He said, listen, I know you guys. The majority of the news that comes out is negative, and I understand you're trying to get clicks and views. Yeah. Majority. The majority. No, it's not. I, I refute that. I firmly disagree with that. I think Philadelphia wants to be positive, but they're not going to be positive just for the sake of being positive. This isn't a root, root, root for the home team if they don't win the same town. This is a discerning town. But they don't start from a negative press, uh, starting point. They want the team to do well. They root for the team. They go down and support the team. They want this team to be great. But when they're not, they're not afraid to point out that they're not great. But that, to me, doesn't equate to the majority of the time they're negative. So I think AJ's just flat out wrong on that assumption. Yeah, he also said the other thing I disagree with, and I disagree with, I, excuse me, I agree with a lot of what he said. But one of the things he said that I disagree with is you guys are supposed to be supporting Philly, but it doesn't turn out to be that. Well, I mean, I, you know, my job doing this is, and I host the Eagles pregame show, and so therefore I'm a fan and I don't deny that I'm a fan. It's different when I was a newspaper guy. But I also don't hold the pom-poms and just say things are great when I don't think they are. We have to be honest with it. Even if I root for the team, I need to be honest when I criticize it. I don't know that he gets that. Let's play another thing because this addresses um, something that you talked about earlier. Justin, I think this is cut two about um, – uh, hold on, let me find it uh, – about his flare-ups on the sideline. You see me getting upset on the sideline um... – and, and you automatically think it's about it's about targets. No, no. What if what if I'm holding my players accountable? Mm-hmm. What if what if I'm the guy that pushes pushes everybody in the locker room, make people uncomfortable to try to better themselves for the team? What if I'm that guy? 
you don't you don't see it as much you don't see it as much from um from Jalen because that's not his personality. But but I'm the person honestly I'm the person I'm I'm the person that you need on the you need on the team because I'm willing to hold people accountable, uh make make people around me better, but nobody sees that. All you see is the little flare ups and stuff like that. And I can and I can honestly say and you see the flare ups because nobody in that building works harder than me. Nobody in that building prepares harder than me. More than me, I, I can firmly, I can stand on that and say that, and that, that's why you see the past, and that's why you see me react the way I act, like because nobody's spending that time like like me. I know for a fact. Okay, all right, uh, Jody, I think that he got branded this year as a in certain circles. I don't want to say by everybody, but in certain circles, and we certainly took the calls. And I will say that I think there are people on the station who ran with it as a prima donna, as a guy who's complaining he's not getting the ball enough, as people are watching something on the field and kind of ascribing narratives to it that may or may not be true. And and in that case, I think he's a very emotional guy, and sometimes it may not serve him well, but there's nothing about it that is malicious or makes him a bad teammate. That's my sense. Um pretty much along the same lines as you if if he's telling you this and he's saying with a straight face i know it's on the radio not on video but uh you can at times try and judge a man by how he says something um i'll take him at his word but here's one of the problems again and i i don't want to be overly negative but i'm just giving you my honest opinion but then after the game he disappears Mm -hmm. so if a reporter wants to ask him listen saw you and Jalen get heated on the sidelines what was that about? Why did you get heated? Why did what was said? And if he wants to give the same speech he just gave, then listen, I'm a passionate guy. I'm a leader. I'm willing to take uh, my my teammates to task when they don't get the job done. More power to you, AJ. Appreciate that. Good job. But if you're not going to explain that to us after the game, well, then rampant speculation is going to begin. He should know that. He should understand that. If you don't want to explain what you believe your role is, did a great job of explaining to Tyke and Jack the other day, and we just played the cut. We needed that during the season. If not, guys are going to be calling WIP. Hosts are going to be on WIP. Calls are going to be on WIP, and they're going to be speculating. He's a diva. He All he cares about is getting the ball thrown his way. How dare Jalen not throw his best friend the ball more often than he does? Well, yeah, you open that up to speculation when you refuse to talk to the press after the game. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. Good stuff. Coming back, I see we got a couple callers lined up. John and Chris and Paul, we'll get to you guys. Everybody else at 215-592-9494. Everything's open today. As we started with the Phillies, the Eagles, the both the A.J. Brown situation and what's going to happen coming up in the offseason, uh, the Flyers losing a close one to the Rangers yesterday but playing well, and Doc Rivers coming back to town. Whatever's on your mind, we're here for you. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Sunday at 94 WIP. Jody, coming up on the show, I have to take you about a very, ta- tell you about a very unpopular food stand I took this week and got smacked around on social media. Really? Yeah. We'll got see. Beat you up may, a little bit? You may agree with me. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. But I, will, okay. I, I learned I'm very much in the minority on this one. But let's get some people who have been hanging in to talk. John and Manny Young starts us. Good morning, John. Hey, Glenn. I got a sixer, Conch Hawken, brewing a beer in my fridge for the Phillies game today. Can't wait to watch that. Nice. nice. Very nice. Yeah. 
And I got a really weird, it's kind of stupid, but you, Jody Mack, your dad was a GM for the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. And Cardinals uh, and Tigers. Yeah, I got a half-baked uh, conspiracy theory. So let me <laughs> throw you some names at you. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, and J.D. Martinez, all Scott Boras clients. I don't think they have contracts yet. Either. Bellinger signed last Bellinger, night with the Cubs. Bellinger signed with the Cubs last night. Yeah. He's the only one. Uh, okay. All right. I was going to say, do you think any of the owners, there's like a collusion deal, they're trying to shut these guys out because they're Scott Boras clients because he's driving up the prices? Um, that's both a yes and no answer. Yes, he's trying to drive up the prices, but no, I don't think there's a collusion. It's just they're not willing to pay what he's willing to ask, and Scott Bowers asking outrageous numbers is nothing new. He's been doing it for years and has done very well by his clients because of it, but if you want Scott to try and get every last dime out of teams, you have to be patient. You have to realize that you might be asking too much. Scott might have set his sights too high. This is, yeah, um, John, this Good. is what happened, uh, what was it, four years ago with Bryce Harper, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He signed this right, I think the anniversary was like yesterday. It's become a very regular thing, and it is, as Jody suggests, almost always with Boris clients because he plays that game of chicken until the very last minute. Yeah, what's uh, what's uh, uh, with, uh, Bryce Harper, what's his average price per year? Because I heard he's down like in the 40s now, so. I don't know if you agree he should get 40. it. No, he's way less than that if you go average per year. Um, yeah, average he, per year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's down in the high 20s. He's not uh, anywhere near 40, and he surely wants to get up near 40, and that's why he continues to drop hints about, I need to get my contract redone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm opposed, by the way, and thanks, John. Jody, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if my call screener is working. Justin, you may have to disconnect him. For whatever reason, my call screener, the buttons aren't working. Um, Jody, it just seems ridiculous that a guy with eight years left on a contract is thinking about renegotiating or extending because it would probably be an extension. It's like, come back to me when there's three or four years left. Right. And both Boris and, and Harper and Harper, uh, certainly is the guy we're going to hear from in Philadelphia. Scott Boris isn't going to right. But maybe Scott Boris will call in the Mac and Mac today. If AJ Brown calls. Oh, I've Jack talked to Scott Boris. That's uh, there's nothing entertaining about that. There isn't, but you can get information on it. I've interviewed Boris too. When I was on Sirius XM's MLB channel, he liked it a lot and would check in all the time. Um, so you can get information out of Scott. You'll get it in a pompous way that you might be put off by, but you can get information out of him. Um, I, I Like I said, I was in the car yesterday, caught a little Phillies, caught a little uh, Mac and Mike with Scotty Lauber yesterday, and I am on the exact same page as Scott Lauber. You can ask. There's, there's, and no one should get upset. And anybody who's a fan who's going to say, oh, Bryce Harper was my favorite player, but now he wants more money, so now I hate Bryce Harper. That's just dumb. Don't do that if you're a Phillies fan. You can ask for anything as long as you don't make it a continuous talking point and something that comes up during the year and becomes a a black cloud floating over the team, which I don't think that this is going to be. You can ask, and the Phillies can very politely say, yeah, not right now. Get back to his price. We're not slamming the door shut, but now is just not the time to discuss that. And then both sides got to move on. You can bring it up. You can talk about it. But then when the Phillies say, no, it can't be done, Bryce Harper can't cop an attitude. Bryce Harper can't continue to beat that drum. I don't think it plays out that way. I think it's something that will just generally be pushed onto the very back burner and become a non-issue. 
If it doesn't, then you got a problem. Then fans and everybody else can uh, call everybody they want on the carpet. But right now, I think it's, I, I won't say. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a nothing burger, but it's damn close to it. Chris in Drescher is with us. Hey, Chris. Yeah, Justin, my call screen is not working. I'm afraid you're going to have to push him up. Hmm? All right, let's get Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, what's going on, Jody? How's everything? Back. Hey. Hello? Yeah, we got hey, you. Go you? ahead. Um, I mean, I just want to get on this P.O. thing, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, there's a Freudian oh, slip oh, if I've yes, ever seen one. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, and I'm on his side, so that was definitely but I just, yeah. I just think it's been a lot of negativity. You know, I listen all the time, and no, even when he came out and he was doing his thing, um, standing up for the coach and all that, only thing y'all talking about was the fact that he said they was changing plays. And y'all stuck, y'all ain't well, hold on. About all I, I want to stop you said. for one second because I am going to agree with you that that does take place on this station and other media. But when you say you all, if you're going to include Jody and I, you'd be very specific about what you think we said. I'm talking about the station, okay, my fault. Okay. I don't mean, I, you know, I listen every day. Mm-hmm. It's just been a lot of negativity. I, I, I understand him, and he has to understand this. When the Eagles lose, this is how we is in Philly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, this is how we're going to be. I mean, if you're out there, the team look bad, we're going to be on your butt. But it was just so over the top with all the negativity. Even when Jalen came out and did his took accountability, oh, we're losing these games because of me. Only thing everybody focused on was the fact that he said this commitment thing. It's like it's a, it's just, I guess this the industry is just like it's always concentrating on the negative. And, and I see where he's coming from on that point, you know. It's a guy who goes out there and gives all he got, and then he all he hears is this, he's a diva. and all, I would probably be upset too, you know what I mean. But like I said, he got to learn. This is what happens in Philly. All right, you sound like you're walking down the middle of the street here, which is okay. That you see, uh, you yeah. see the issue on both sides here, right? You, I do, I do. But the negativity has been over. I, I disagree with Jody. It's like ninety nine percent negative, especially when it comes. Yeah, to that's him. ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. I listen every day. You oh, come on, stop it! None of us listen every negative. single day. Ninety nine percent of anything in life is ridiculous. Day. Stop well, it! Look, because I disagree with you, don't make it. Just I listen. You know, I, it's hard for me to listen sometimes because of the negativity. I'm like, man, this is all they want to focus on and all negative. That's my opinion. I'm still okay. listening. I'm still going to listen. But hey, that's just how I feel. Y'all have a good day. All right, Paul. Appreciate it. You get final word there, Joe. You know who he sounded like? Hmm. AJ Brown. Ninety-nine percent. Ninety-nine percent of WIP is negative, Glenn. Uh, I have my own general belief of what WIP sounds like. I listen to the station enough. I'm not coming anywhere near 99%. What, I think AJ's word was major- the majority of it is negative. I just don't believe that, Glenn. I'm sorry. 
I know the guys at WIP. I know you. I know me. I know Mike. I know the weekend guy. I know everybody. And I listen enough to WIP. It's just that I think that is a bold-faced, incorrect assessment. It's not 99% negative. That's just yeah, not I, true. I, yeah, I think putting a number like that uh, to, to quantify it, to, to hang your argument on a number like that doesn't serve you well. I do think in A.J. Brown's case that there were silly narratives that were created. Now, you said it earlier, and I agree. Part of that is when he doesn't say anything, it creates a vacuum, and in a vacuum, storylines start to develop. Yep. And so he could have done that. I also think if I'm him and I'm listening uh, to the buzz, it's like, what the hell are they talking about? This is not true. This is not true. He could have stopped it. He didn't, but it doesn't make – it doesn't stop the argument that sometimes – uh, we at the station, media overall, fans uh, really kind of, I think, went over the line with him. I think I think in some, I think to a large degree, he's got a legitimate gripe. John. And let me say once again, and I know I'm dancing on thin ice here because we're 99% negative. A.J. Brown is the best football player on the Philadelphia Eagles. Oops, that's positive. And A.J. Brown gets all my, my props we're picking up the phone and calling into the station and having this conversation with Ike and Jack. More power to him. I wish more players did it so that they could uh, just relieve us of the vacuum. That if you're on record and you say it, then we have to believe it. Then we have to take you at your word. But if you don't, well, then stuff's going to happen. And I don't think 99% of it will be negative, but some of it will be, and you have to deal with it. If you're going to take the praise, like Jordan McDonald calling him the best player on the Philadelphia Eagles, you got to take the critique, too. 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. Hey, if this long winter we've endured has not yet convinced you to replace your drafty, inefficient windows and doors, maybe the great people at Guided Door and Window can help by giving you one more month to do so at their best prices of the year. Now, maybe you haven't taken advantage of Guida's big winter sale. This is your last chance to do it by receiving 40% off every door and window you buy. That's 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free high-performance low-E glass, and 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can pay now, you can buy now, excuse me, buy now, pay later, with Guida's interest-free financing and low monthly payment plans, Offer expires at the end of February. What's that, the 25th? You're in luck. There's 29 days this year. It gives you up pretty much most of the week. But don't let the final chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. Let's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Uh, Justin, I am afraid to say my call screener keeps freezing. So tell us who is the next caller and let's get him up. All right, Chris and Drescher, let's talk to him. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, before right. I get to my flyers in uh, Philly's point, real quick, you guys are saying that the former coach Rivers, his name isn't Doc. His name is Glenn. There's one Doc and his number hangs from the Raptors in Philadelphia. Well, there's one Glenn and you're talking to him, so we're even. Yeah, there you go. But real quick, I like what you guys were saying about Rojas. And I think if Kevin Long could help Marsh develop into a better hitter, I think he came up Rojas. And I agree with Jody. I think he got burned. Yeah, he never played that much, you know, in his life. And 
that's what got to him. But I mean, he's going to, like you say, he's going to be the he's going to be the player based on his defense and his base running, his speed. I mean, that's that's game changing to have at the lower part of the lineup a guy that could steal potentially forty bases. And people are underemphasizing that he yeah. stole, I think, like fourteen in one hundred and forty plate appearances. So you prorate that out. If he yeah. plays 150 games, get 500 ABs. Yeah, he's got a chance to steal 40 bags. 40, not yeah, 14. That's a lot in today's 40 game. bags. That's a lot. Even in uh, 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 the new MLB <laughs> that is now emphasizing stealing bases again, much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> I, I I give Rojas a ton of credit for it, and I think this year playing with a little bit more confidence, knowing that he is a major leaguer, everyday major leaguer, he'll be even that much more aggressive on the bait pass. Easiest bet I ever made. What's your fly? Point. Um, do you think the Flyers make the playoffs? I hope Al's on the air a little more because we miss him and his takes. But do you think that Jonesy and I Breer get like maybe executive of the year nods? No, no, they get no. they get some credit, but no. I mean, you you got to go a lot farther than they do uh, to do that. I, I I don't know who does. Rangers, Rangers are pretty damn good. Would you say they won nine in a row now? Yesterday was their tenth. Ties oh, yes, it was their tenth. Excuse record. me. Yeah. yeah, they came in with nine. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna get some. But here's here's where I'll say. You know, generally, I agree with you, Mac Man. But you and I both know that those awards a lot of times are based on expectations. Who does that much more than what their expectations was? It isn't the guy who wins the most games. If they were supposed to win the most games before the year started, the Flyers are pretty. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. If you take the preseason expectations, where they were supposed to finish, how many points, I think they're flying pretty damn high. I'd say probably not, but it's not an outrageous thought. Eh, a couple of third-place votes. That's what you get for that. The the I'm assuming the NHL, like the other leagues, does not include it, – it's only regular season? Correct. Yeah, well – they they would have to win a round or two in the playoffs, I think, to get real consideration. Listen, I don't want to belittle the season that uh, Keith Jones and Danny Breer and the Flyers have had and John Tortorella, and this whole thing has come together really nicely, certainly quicker than anybody expected, and it's been a lot of fun, and they play hard every game, which credit to all of the guys who I mentioned before. But I also think they're they're pretty far away from contending for a cup right now. Let's, Probably. Uh, t- yeah. Yeah, let's talk to Tom. Oh, actually, one more thing I will say about the Flyers. You know the the great surprise this season and the guy who's rescued the team is Sam Erson. Yep. Because, I mean, he was going to be a young backup goalie and it was going to be Carter Hart's team and franchise, and all of a sudden they lose Carter Hart maybe forever. And instead of being stuck and doomed, this guy has played really, really well. Like him I'm a lot. big Erson fan. And yeah. uh, I think I told you this here on a Sunday morning with you. I've got a national caller who doesn't call WIP. I'm not sure why. And he's a, he's a Pennsylvania guy. I think it's like on the outskirts, not a Philadelphia suburb. But he calls me once a month and tells me, or did uh, last year and this year, they're only going as far as Carter Hart takes them. If Carter Hart doesn't stand on his head, the Flyers have no chance. The Flyers are an embarrassment except for Carter Hart. And I kept talking, trying to talk him down and go, you know, they got a decent backup goal. And early in the season, Ursa was playing, getting wins. Are you watching? It doesn't matter. Sam Ursa can't play. It's all about Carter. Uh, excuse me. I hope you're paying attention still, big guy, because Urson is keeping them in the playoffs. 
Tom in Chester Springs joins us. Hey, Tom. Hey, good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we got, got you. you. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, listen, with that negativity thing, uh, I don't think it's that negative. In fact, I think A.J. Brown's the MVP of the team. The only negativity I really heard was John Ritchie being the town crier calling for Sirianni's head. But that's not why I called. And he's not alone. I, I was going to say, John is not well. alone. I, I don't know that I believe Nick should come that. back next year. I was yeah. I, Nick let that whole thing get away at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I understand. But I listen to the morning show every day. I don't listen too much every everything else. But Richie just went on like it was Patrick Henry over there. What if I lay it to my team? Crazy. But I think anyway, that's Paul Revere, but okay. I, I, Paul Revere, whoever. I got you. Whoever. <laughs> but um, the question I have for you is Jalen was signed to the new contract, but it doesn't go into effect until next year. But they gave him a $40 million signing bonus this year. And if for the information I have is correct, that's what happened, which consequently caused Howie not to be able to give money to like Edwards or CJGJ, you know, which really hurt the defense. Is that true that there was no money left? The and Jody, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long time since I was the salary cap guy. Mm-hmm. But my the the bonus does. I don't think that bonus impacts that. They just drew other priorities at other positions and did not do it on defense. The bonus is spread out over the mm-hmm. life of the contract. So if you're taking a contract with a year to go and adding five more to it, the, the, the bonus is spread out over six years of contract. So if by giving Jalen more this year, and his cap number didn't go up all that much. It was just that prorated portion of the signing bonus. It should not have kept Howie Roseman from doing anything okay. else that he wanted all right. to do. I, didn't, I thought the whole – I no, you can't blame that on Jalen Hurts in his contract. That was decisions that Howie Roseman made and what yeah, they prioritized. Okay. Right. All right, thanks for the info, guys. You got, you got it. it. Thank you. And, Jody, one of these days, one of these days, they may decide to prioritize linebacker again and safety again because they got really hurt at those two positions. And uh, I think, listen, a lot of things cost them down the, the stretch. To me, that's toward the top of the list. Well, and uh, uh, hey, uh, when when I critique Howie Roseman, I always feel the need to say if I agreed with him, I agreed with him. I thought the Bayard acquisition was a good one. I thought yeah. he was going to come in and upgrade the safety position, and he was a jag, just another guy. Um, so how he tried. It wasn't like how he didn't try. He tried, but you need to get it right, and he didn't at the safety position, and they're going to need to upgrade that position again this year because I don't know if Brown is going to be ready by the start of the season next year. I think you have to look at him as icing on the cake, not as a guy that you can count on to be a significant producer for you at the safety position. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk some Phillies baseball with our pal Tom McCarthy down in Clearwater. I assume he's down in Clearwater. Maybe he's not. Maybe no, he's he was here. doing a college basketball game yesterday. I heard T-Mac on uh, CBS. Oh, yeah? Where if was he? he? Got, if he's in Clearwater, he got there. I think it was the Baylor-Houston game. I'm Man. not sure. He is. He's a hardworking guy. Oh yeah, and he's good too. He's he's we we love him because of his baseball, but he's a damn good college basketball announcer too. And football, he's good, versatile guy. Anyway, we're mostly. I don't think we're going to talk a lot about Baylor basketball, but we will talk a lot about <laughs> Phillies baseball coming up.
Tom McCarthy, Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. And the pitch hit in the air, right center field. On the run is Rojas. Long run out toward the alley. He's there, makes the catch. Just to the left of the 4-13 side in right center field. Two outs and back to first is Perdomo. And he makes it look so easy on a ball that everybody thought was going to be at least off the wall or into the gap. Well, there's a lot of brilliance there. First of all, there's the brilliance of the outfielder, young young Johan Rojas last year making a catch. And then, of course, the brilliance of the call by our pal Tom McCarthy, nice enough to join us today. Tommy, yeah, I thought I was in Clearwater. Jody said he heard you were down in Texas calling basketball yesterday. I was in Arizona, actually. I flew, uh, I, I flew out for about a 24-hour jaunt for the uh, uh, Washington-Arizona basketball game. So it was good. It, was, uh, it worked out great. When are you headed down to Florida? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I you're there now. Night. Oh, a 24 yeah, hour jaunt as in Florida to Arizona to Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I left on Friday night. Uh, we had meetings all day on Friday with uh, Rob Thompson and Dave Dombrowski and people like that. Um, I left at like 5 o'clock on Friday night, got to Tucson uh, about, you know, about 10.30 their time, and did the game yesterday with Chris Walker, former Villanova great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, jumped on a plane out of Phoenix. I, I jumped on a 515, and then Tommy, my son who does my stats, jumped on a 525 to Philadelphia. So wow. all is right in the world. hope you're getting those frequent <laughs> flyer miles, man. You can take your wife on a trip around the world one of these days. Well, they know how to utilize those, uh, Glenn. I may not oh. get a chance to utilize them that often, but my family certainly utilizes them well. <laughs> good. Well, good for them. All yeah, right. Yeah. We started with the Johan Rojas highlight. Jody and I talked about him a lot in the first hour. We're believers. We we think that he is going to be on the roster on opening day, and he is going to contribute a lot. This is clearly a big st- spring training for him. What does he have to show the Phillies in order to do, again, what Jody and I th- want to see him do? Well, I think the defense is, is- – is there and that's not anything to worry about so I, I think it comes down to the offense and I do think it's contact uh, making good decisions at the plate they've they've asked him to do a few things differently one of those things is obviously to bunt a little bit more and he continues to work on it in fact there's this new bunting area that is right near uh, the half field uh, that is you know next to the stadium that they've been utilizing an awful lot so they want to see him make better contact not strike out as much you know, not be as overmatched as he was the last three weeks of the season, two weeks of the season on the fastball. Uh, he looks tremendous. I mean, he's always been in good shape, but he's physically even stronger. So I think that's it. I, I, I don't think he needs to rock the offensive world with a, you know, a 300 batting average or even a 285 batting average. I think he just needs to, you know, show that he can, he can handle major league pitching to a certain level and play the stellar defense he has, I, you know, I think the door is wide open for him to grab this position, and I don't think anybody would blink at it. Tommy, you mentioned the last two weeks of the season, a.k.a. the postseason, and yeah. he just did not perform. My stance all off season has been the guy just ran out of gas, that he had never played October baseball be. before. Yeah, it could be. That he just didn't have the, the, the physical capabilities of doing what he had done during the regular season, which was hit 300 as a guy who was supposed to be up for a week and never left and became their full-time center fielder. I think he ran out of gas. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it is fair, honestly, Jody. And I think it does happen. I think we saw it even with Scott the previous year, and I think we've seen it with pitchers, uh, young pitchers in a lot of ways, 
uh, in the month of September. So, you know, even though they have all these different avenues where they can play more games and get more at-bats down in Instructional League and even during the winter, because the Phillies had a number of different camps this winter, I think there is something to it. And, listen, there's also something to the intensity of playoff baseball. And I'm not making any excuses for him because, quite frankly, I thought he was ahead of schedule. I didn't think we'd see him at all last year. So the fact that we did see him and we saw what kind of defense he, he had in center field, I think leads everybody to be optimistic. Here's the other part of it. If, if there was a solid choice for left field on an everyday basis that put up left field corner man numbers, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd probably just say, oh, yeah, go play center field and do whatever you want. Um, but I think that's the big thing. But I, I really feel good about him. I do. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Yeah, we share that. So there are not really a lot of position battles uh, in this camp this year, which is good. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion about the batting order. I promise we will not drag you into who should bat lead off because <laughs> uh, that's endless. But we had an interesting talk yesterday with Scott Lauber of the Inquirer about the big question is who bats behind Harper? Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've used Castellanos. They used uh, Real Muto last year. Alec Bohm did well. What do you think makes the most sense? Well, I, I, I think he's going to bat third, so that's definitive. I mean, that, that's what Rob has told us, that he's going to hit third. So, you know, I, I think that there's options. To me, JT probably makes the most sense as long as he's healthy and swinging the bat well. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think having him bat cleanup uh, makes a lot of sense. But I also think that you could easily have Castellanos do it as long as he's not striking out as proficiently as he did during the postseason when he was one for 24 and had 11 strikeouts. So uh, you had to memorize that, that number, did you? <laughs> that, that to me, honestly, Glenn, I, that's who I would choose to do it uh, is to have him back clean up. Um, but I also know that there are uh, th- there are other options, and it may be uh, it may be such as to say, "Hey, that guy's really hot. Let's put him there." Or that guy's really hot. Let's put him there. Uh, and because I I think Rob has changed his his thought process on a couple of things. Yes, he wants a set lineup, but if he doesn't have one for a period of time, it's okay. But I think that your thought process on protecting Harper is, you know, a pivotal thing for this team going into the season. And here's what I like about Rob Thompson. See if you're on the same page with me, T-Mac, with the way he finished last year. You're right. He had been in his first year phoning for Girardi, want my lineup, here's my lineup, I'm sticking with my lineup, come hell or high water. Last yeah. year, he showed a little bit more flexibility. He's just not the kind of guy who a guy goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. All right, I'm dropping him from second to eighth. That's what some fans want to see happen. He doesn't yeah. overreact. But he did show last year some flexibility and the ability to judge on a guy getting a hot over a period of time and or struggling over a period of time. I got faith in the manager. I think he's going to put out the best lineup every single day, and it will be a well-thought-out decision on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah, I I do, too. I mean, today's obviously is different because it's the second spring training game, and there's no Harper in the starting lineup. So, you know, you've got got somebody else batting leadoff in Trey Turner. You've got somebody else batting cleanup in Kyle Schwarber. But I do think that. I do think that he has has grown in this game to be open-minded, I even look at the closers position where he he admitted, listen, I had Mariano as the bench coach or third base coach for all those years with the Yankees, so it made it easy. He said, but I'm I'm okay with with whoever's hot to be the closer in a certain situation. It's the same I think it's the same thing with the lineup. I really do. 
Tom McCarthy is our guest, of course, because the Phillies games on TV. Uh, is the today's game on TV, for chance? It sure is. Yeah. Ben Davis oh, yeah. game. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. As well as right here on 94 WIP. Tom, let's talk about Whit Merrifield. He was the late addition uh, to camp. Kind of a guy who can do everything uh, and has some speed and can play defense. How do you project his role on the team? Well, I, I think some of it is going to depend on, uh, A, the health of Brandon Marsh and whether what we've talked about with Johan Rojas comes into more clarity that he plays every day. Uh, if for some reason Brandon is is limited, which he might be, but although he said today he feels really good to start the season, I mean, what's going to play a lot of left field? Um, but I also think with all the lefties that are in this division, you are going to see him – sort of roll around this lineup. Um, and I think he's going to play, I think, more left field. But obviously you'll see him at second base when there's a tough left-hander, even though Stott has shown the ability to hit left-handed pitching. Um, but I, I think he's I think he's going to want to play more than we think he is. And I think it's a good thing because I, I do think the matchups in our division to be able to balance the left-handed pitching we're facing, whether it be Freed or Sale, or anybody like that, um, I do think you're going to see him play a lot more. And listen, everything so far is exactly what people have said to us about quality of the person, quality of the clubhouse, all those things. And we know up until August of last year, he was hitting over 300. So he's got it in him to continue to do this. Uh, so I think this is a win-win situation for him. Tommy, I want to go back to the bullpen with you for a second. You mentioned how it's real easy when you got Mariano Rivera to determine who's yeah, going to be is. closer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it makes your life really simple. Um, last year, Craig Kimball got 23 saves. He got more than anybody else, but Alvarado got double digits and other guys got saves as well. I don't know if they are, have anyone who will get 23 saves on this team this good year. Good point. Good point. But let me ask you this. If – I had one guy to pick right now out of all the guys in the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen, save Alvarado, who I don't think they're going to I don't think they want to use as a closer because I think they want to save him to be able to use him wherever they want in any given game against any given matchup. If I told you I think Matt Strom is best suited to be their closer, am I nuts? Will he be handicapped because he was a starter at the beginning of last year and he can go multiple innings? The way that they pitched last year, who do I think is the best guy to get three outs at the end of the game in the Philly bullpen? I think it's Matt Strom. Does he have any well, chance to save games this year? I think he does. I, I think that you, you, brought up, you brought up a point which I think is weighing on their mind, is that he is more than a one-inning guy, and they're going to need somebody to be more than a one-inning guy uh, during the course of a week. So let's say if he throws an inning in a third in one game, he's not going to be able to close probably the next day. Um, I still think it's Alvarado right now. That's just me, Jody, uh, only because of the strikeout ability. And I think that that is really important for in the mind of the coaching staff that if you can get a strikeout uh, or get three strikeouts in the ninth inning or bring in a jam where you need a strikeout, that's really important. But I do agree with you that there's a lefty-lefty matchup scenario that always will stump that in the seventh or eighth inning um but no i don't i don't think it's crazy i think all of them honestly are on the table right now as far as the closing role goes i really do and i'm not just saying that to cover um 
you know, to cover the answer. I really do think that that's, I think Hoffman is, is a, is, is definitely on the table for something like that. Interesting. That, that would not be in my top four or five names, but yeah, did, no, I think it is. Well I, I really year. do. Yeah. yeah I think Jody, he was one it, of your guys. You, you, you liked him early. So, right. Uh, and but, he's a guy who I think as much as I like him, he can pitch multiple innings too. Absolutely. He's a former starter, so if you're worried about we got to have one guy in the pen who can go two innings for us, it could be Jeff Hoffman and uh, give that ball to Matt Strom to close it out. Uh, I yeah, have a, he, he's confident right now, too, which is a really good thing. Yeah, that helps in a young pitcher. I have a question for Tom McCarthy, noted fashion plate. Yeah. How bad are the new uniforms? Uh, you know, from a player's standpoint, fabric they, they they do they don't like them. I mean, they just don't like them. Clearly, from from a fan standpoint, I think the the plate on the back is the dopiest thing I've ever seen. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not sure what the concept or the the you talking about where you was. need binoculars to read the name. Yes, I just yeah. don't understand it. I mean, I don't know. Um, See through like pants any, is an interesting development. Well, I mean, they 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 keep saying that it used to be. Um, it used to be that that when the photo day occurred, there's they used to have the same thing with the lighting and stuff like that. I have no idea. I don't I don't remember even looking to see if it was that way. But I just don't understand why. I I don't know. The look is really strange. I mean, it's really strange. The nameplate look, but it's not yeah. going to change. I, I I I do believe that it's like anything else in the society. They're going to let it roll to let it see everybody get used to it and not bring it up. But I do think that players are going to kind of push it a little bit. They're good. They should. I, Tom, I hope A.J. Brown isn't listening because this could be construed as potentially negative, and we're 99% negative here on WIP. <laughs> um, I, I, to me, this is a concern, and I hope that I'm way off base and this goes by the board and we're swimming along in May and June and it's a forgotten topic. Taiwan Walker didn't pitch in playoffs last year, and he wasn't right. happy about it, and he let everybody know via social media. And so far this spring he said, hey, it's on me. I'm here to prove myself. I'm here to build up the confidence of my manager. This year he doesn't have a choice when we make the playoffs. I'm getting the ball. He's saying all the right things. Rob Thompson is saying all the right things. If he gets off to a slow start, he gets pulled early in a game when he's not happy about when he's being taken out. Is this a potential issue over the course of the year in your mind? Nah, I don't think it is, except for who's going to be in that spot. You know, because although they've signed a lot of guys to bring depth into this starting rotation, they're not guys that have had you know stellar big league careers. They're guys that have been you know decent when they're in there. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, I know they played golf together the other day in our outing. Uh, Taiwan hit the ball really far, and that helped their score. Um, so everybody was happy in that group. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's fine. I really do. The one thing I will say about Rob, um, there's a number of things that I will roll out there as positive attributes for Rob Thompson. <laughs> one of the things that really stands out during his time as a manager and a coach in the game is that he doesn't hold any grudges. He doesn't let anybody know whether X is bothering him or Y is bothering him outside of you know, his inner circle. Um, I don't think he's even phased by what Taiwan said. I think he's going to use it to motivate Taiwan, just as Taiwan alluded to for this season. So my concern, Jody, is if he gets off to a tough start, 
and we all know that he usually starts strong and then fades. But um, if he gets off to a tough start, my concern is just who's going to slide into that role. That's my only thing because, you know, just if you sign somebody for that amount of money, you're expecting X amount of wins. So that would just be my concern. And that's where when Jody brought up Matt Strom earlier, I thought if they need a starter, he's a guy who can do that. Uh, by the way, did you see the Larry Boa hole-in-one? Uh, hole uh, oh, I did. I was right there. I was wow. right there. I was right there. Old man nailed right it, there. huh? Oh, my God. It was. I, I will tell you, it was as funny a moment as I have seen um, in spring training or in recent years. For, well, here's the first thing. We all love the man, like beyond love him for for so many reasons. But to see the sheer joy on his face and the joy of everybody around him, it shows you how much everybody cares about him. Yeah, but it was great. just, I'm telling you, it was as funny as it looked on video. That's how it was in person. That's and great. the best part, you know, he and he and wheels are like really close friends. Like they're, um, I would say they're close to best friends. So it's wheels club. Like it's his golf course that he plays at. He belongs at. Uh, and I texted Wheels, and I, I told him that Bo had a hole-in-one. And he goes, oh, I know. He's already called me. He's told me. Within, like, seconds. Yeah. And to see, the, to see the two of them, honestly, to see the two of them interact, even today, just seeing it, it, it just brings such a smile to everybody's yeah, face. That's nice. Uh, right. Anyway, it was great. Last was one, great. Uh, before we let you go, because uh, I, I like to ask uh, our people who are down in Clearwater, because many, many fans, people listening are going to go down. Um, Tom McCarthy, where's the place that you, or a couple places you would say people go down to grab a good meal, grab a beer, yeah. see the players? What's What are the go-to spots? Well, I mean, it, from a just from a beach standpoint, if you're going to sit and grab a beer, watch the sunset, because the sunset is beautiful down here. Um, you know, the Palm Pavilion or Frenchies are always really good. They're right on the beach, which is in Clearwater, Clearwater Beach. My favorite restaurants, I mean, I have one Italian place called Villa Galacci, um, which is, I mean, it, which is, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, they've been great not only from a, our, for our family, but also for everybody else that goes there. Uh, Luigi, who's the owner there, is just a tremendous person. So that, to me, on Indian Rocks is one of my favorite places. There's another place called Clear Sky Cafe, which opened probably about seven or eight years ago which is on Clearwater Beach, which is, a, I mean, this place has so much, so many good meals. Um, so, yeah, so those are, those are some of the ones that I would stand out. The, you know, the, the oldie but goodies are like the Beachcomber or Bobby's Bistro. Yeah, They've sure. been here forever uh, and are still, you know, on everybody's list. In fact, uh, we have a dinner there next uh, Thursday at the Beachcomber nice. uh, with our sponsors and everything. If people go down, they can run into Tom McCarthy, and uh, you will always be uh, charming with them. And we get to hear you uh, and watch you, see you later today, Today. first preseason broadcast of the year. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure, bud. All right, guys. Have a great day. Be well. There you go. There you go. Mac, as Uh, a matter of fact, I am right now wearing a Palm Pavilion (laughs) T-shirt. It's just so I, I had no idea you were going to ask that question today. It, it's a nice green T-shirt, yeah. and I can't wear it during the week because I do Birds 365, and I got a, a green screen behind me, so right. green doesn't show up. So it's a T-shirt that I like to wear, and I must wear it on the weekends because I can't wear it during the week, and I happen to throw it on today. Tom Pavilion T-shirt for I've yours, had truly. a few meals and a few beers there as well. It's a good place. Uh, before we hit a break, let's get a caller in here. Pete in Philadelphia. He's been uh, patient. Hello, Pete. Hey, good, uh, good afternoon, hey. Glenn. Uh, Thank you, Jody. Sir. 
Good to talk hey, with Pete. you guys. What do you got? Yes. Now you Yeah, to I just us. wanted to touch on the AJ Brown thing. Um I heard the other guy, one of the callers say about ninety nine percent. We all know that it's not ninety nine percent. But I listen regularly. I've been listening for years. And I think one of the things that might have got under his skin a little bit was when the uh, poll came out on Twitter about him getting traded for Buda Baker. And I think uh, for Patrick was, Sertain, I think. But maybe there was another one yeah, for Patrick Buda Baker. Sertain, yeah, yeah. 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 So you know that thing probably blew up on Twitter and he's he's one of these groups, these exes uh, or Zins or whatever they are now that constantly are on Twitter and on their phones. And then when he went on with Kay, uh, Kate K, Adam, young lady. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That's where it blew up. Yeah. So let me and let then, me just give the background, Pete, and then, and, and then you and Jody uh, respond, which is the afternoon show is doing what sometimes talk radio does is I think it starts Jack Fritz saying, man, they really need help in the secondary. Boy, Patrick Sertain would be great. And and theoretically, would you trade A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain? I don't know. I would. Well, I wouldn't. And then all of a sudden say, well, let's put out a poll. And these things yeah. happen every day. And so that's it, except that I think what happens next is the poll becomes a rumor and Kay Adams brings it up. And A.J. Brown, not really knowing the history of it, goes, what? What? what is this? That's how I think it went down. Yes, that was the start of the fire, along with the stuff that happened after the the, the onslaught of losing. And then, um, you know, mm-hmm. it just got out of hand. Like he said, stuff just starts firing. It happened too fast, and they couldn't pull together. And a good point that he brought up was even though we were 10-1, and 1, um, we weren't playing real great. We were squeaking by. And even if we go back to the Super Bowl that we won, I mean, New England was having a way with us, and we couldn't get a stop on Tom Brady. And then we got that one stop. And if we would have, even when we went back against Kansas City, if the defense could have got a stop and we could have held them, we win that Super Bowl. Well, so now now you're just opening fun. wounds, Pete. I got I, yeah, th- And thanks. Good call. I got to hit a break. I don't, I don't need to relive those moments, Joe. And let me, and this is Jody McDonald being very defensive of the Philadelphia media, and I'll readily admit to that ahead of time. Craig Carton is not part of the Philadelphia media these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. And he's stirring the pot and probably taking people off, one of them named A.J. Brown. Kay Adams is not part of the Philadelphia media. She's a national football talk show host on FanDuel TV. We should not be held accountable for what Kay Adams does. But then A.J. Brown comes on WIP and says, the Philadelphia media. You guys. That's just not accurate. It's not right. And if I'm being defensive, if I'm thin-skinned, kind of like some people uh, credit A.J. with being, uh, all right, I'll wear it. But I think I'm also accurate in that it's not fair to look. First of all, you're lumping all of the Philadelphia media together, which is unfair to begin with. But when you start dragging in national guys and holding it against the Philadelphia media, and I'm a guy who does both. I'm a Philadelphia media guy, but I'm also a national guy on weekends. So I understand both positions. That's just not right. 215-592-9494. We'll take your calls. Interesting stuff from Tom McCarthy. Want to talk a little hot stove? Well, not hot stove. We're past that. Spring training. We love that. We're going to talk a little bit of the NFL Combine coming up at noon with Jimmy Kemsky and talk to you. Jody McD- <clears throat> Excuse me. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. 94 WIP. The Bet Parks app. The only casino and sports book betting app that I use myself and recommend 
major reason it's safe, secure, and very easy to use. Play all your favorite casino games 24-7. That's right, 365 a year on the Bet Parks app, the hottest online slots and table games right at your fingertips, Blackjack, Texas, Oldham. You're dealing with a live dealer on your phone. You can live bet all your favorite sporting events. The game gets underway. You made a bet before. Maybe you want to add to it while the game is actually being played. The Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app, the Sportsbook app for the real Philly sports fans. Live bet as you watch all your action. College basketball is getting close to, I think we're three weeks today, as a matter of fact, from Selection Sunday. Hockey, MMA, golf, and more. Bet Parks has great offer right now for all you new Parks players. If you've never played with Parks before, download the app. New customers get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours of casino play. New users only. Casino bonus must be wagered. Terms and conditions apply. See website at betpark.com for details. Must be 21 and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, Maryland. You love to play? You play to win? Bet Parks. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jody and Glenn, 94 WIP. Jody, we get to see each other this coming week in person, live, hanging out, drinking beers. Looking forward to it. I Now I can't wear the pavilion T-shirt, which I was at least considering because I got Sure you can. Today. Why not? But no, I, and i got to do laundry. That's a pain in the rear end. No. <laughs> I, I, I've got, I've, I've got oh, I didn't other... know that was the high maintenance. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's way too much work for me. Um, I've got a couple other good golf shirts, which I'll be breaking out to wear with you to have some cocktails in the middle of the day. I love it. Yeah, well, so we, we uh, the new season of What's Brewing, uh, the show where a couple of old fat guys sit around and drink beer, uh, returned last night, We uh, the first episode of the year. Uh, and Jody and I are going to be taping a couple of episodes this Wednesday at 11. I think people can come out. I'm inviting them. Hopefully the places willing to serve them beer i think so at uh king's road brewing on king's road in haddonfield nice and you're going to uh be uh, in doing these shows part of my quest to drink a beer from all 50 states this year looking forward to i I, know i asked you for the exotic give me uh hawaii but you've already not hawaii we did hawaii (laughs) yeah it it was a it was a you wouldn't i don't think you were like it was a coconut porter I would have given it a shot. Oh, okay. Well, it was we, the, we're, you and I are going to do a, a tour of the ACC. Yes, that's uh, – and a and couple of them that you've already rolled by, run by me are ones that I'm very much willing to attempt to uh, uh, drink. I don't know if I'll like one or all or none. That is a possibility because you know if I don't like it, I'll tell you about it. No, and but, that's good. I, I, I want your unfiltered opinion of some unfiltered beers, yeah. Yes, Okay. Also, I ha- I made what was a far more unpopular, took in a far from more unpopular position on food this week than I could have imagined. So, do you ever do Twitter polls? You don't do Twitter polls often, do you? Very infrequently. Okay, I do. And they made it. Didn't they make it more difficult to do now too? Yeah, they make it. Can't put them. Yeah. Yeah. Elon makes rent. everything more difficult, yeah, but does. I still do them. And um. What was the one we did a couple weeks ago that was like exactly 50-50? Oh, man. Was that unbelievable? Yeah. What was that one? 50.1%. Ridiculously close. I don't remember. But I remember, oh, you remember it was so close. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try Wait, to remember. Ju- during the course ju- of the show. Justin, Wings versus Flats. Oh, it was Wings, wings versus Flats. flats. There yes, you go. it was Drummies versus Flats. Good work. Yeah. 
Good work, Justin. Yes, and it was like had forty five hundred votes, fifty point zero five to fifty forty nine point nine five. Yeah, this one I did. I lost 87 to 13 with 5,000 votes. And this is what I said. And I realize it was stupid, but I'm still I'm going to I'm going to die on this hill. The official sandwich of Philadelphia should not be the cheesesteak. It should be the hot roast pork sandwich. Do I have your support? Jody? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with the majority. Jody, roast pork, that, provolone, long I hots. like a great roast pork the sandwich. The Knicks, come on. But, and just judging the public again, and here I go, judging the public, and maybe I'm mistaken by doing so, I think that the, that would probably finish no better than third in a rundown of best sandwiches in Philadelphia. With well, I'm going hot sandwich if you're going with the hoagie, hoagie being number two. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was officially hot sandwich. Hot sandwich. I, I'm not okay, arguing yeah, no, I got hoagie. no problems with your, your stance. As number two, should not be number yeah. one. The cheesesteak yeah. is It's like, the best sandwich. It's better it's, than it's cheesesteak. It's laps ahead of it. It's not mm-hmm. close. No, no, I got crushed. But I still, I will argue that it's better than a cheesesteak. And I will argue that it represents Philadelphia better now than the cheesesteak, which has become a cliche, which is every NFL game opens and you got to see the guy, you know, it's like, oh, we're in Philadelphia. Look, they're chopping cheesesteaks down here in South Philly. It's like... No, no, the hot roast pork is more interesting. Go to John's Roast Pork down there. There's so many good places to go. Sopranos and Bruma, I could tell you a dozen good places to go. Here's where I will at least uh, half uh, jump on your side. And I don't consider myself a cheesesteak snob. I have a cheesesteak opinion, but I'm not a snob. And I would say a bad cheesesteak is still a good cheesesteak because it's cheesesteak. But there are certainly levels of them. The roast pork, I don't know the last time I had a bad one. The the downside of a roast pork, maybe because the cheesesteak is so highly thought of, certain people set their sights too high that people will say, oh, my God, that's a god-awful cheesesteak. I've had I a bad cheesesteak. You're right. Right. The, the pork is... You can't mess up a pork. If you have decent pork, if you're paying enough for the actual meat itself, you can't mess it up as bad. There's there's less of a downside to a great to a good pork sandwich uh, as compared to a cheesesteak, which can be less than uh, stellar. Yes. Well, uh, I thank you, you for your kind of support here. Uh, yeah, it's, half it's, support. That's the best I can give it's you. A, back, I, it's a lot better than what I got. I got nailed. Nonetheless, <laughs> I will publicly take an unpopular stand because that's what we do the hot roast pork sandwich is better than the cheesesteak and should represent philadelphia from this day forward uh, if i was eligible to run for mayor it would be at the top of my platform yeah that i'll reach out to sherelle ba- parker basically guarantee you're not being elected good thing you've got a <laughs> regular job for that and many reasons all right jeff in wilmington is with us hey jeff how are you hey guys what's going on we're good how you doing I actually like a roast beef sandwich over a roast pork sandwich. Uh, listen, just, it, ha- it has its place, but roast yes. beef sandwiches, to me, that's Chicago. They own that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I'm just not a big roast pork person to begin with. So. All right, well, um, you're already alienating me. <laughs> I know. That's okay. That's okay. I, I admire your uh, stance. Thank you. Standing strong. Okay. There you go. So with the AJ thing, um, this station – for most of its history, has been more of an entertainment value for me, meaning you don't have reporters reporting on stuff um, directly 
as meaning the host, it's usually coming from a beat writer like you guys used to be or, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't so disagree. I don't disagree. So when AJ says that the Philadelphia media is always negative, this station in particular, normally what happens is you come on the show, there's a topic, one side or the other, and you voice your opinion how you feel. And that's mainly when I call the midday show, I ask Kyle, what are we talking about today? Because I call early. And he'll tell me, and I'll form my opinion based on which side I'm usually on. Wow, while you're on hold, that's ambitious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen every day. I listen to the station all the time. So I kind of know where everything is going to head, but just just to be clear. So when it's kind of like an, an opinion show more than – it's to me, it's entertainment. If I want to get actual news, I'll go on whatever website that, that does mm-hmm. statistics and team actual activity. Right. And by the way, that's why we have Jimmy Kemsky on today. It's why yeah. we talked to Tom McCarthy. I, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Right. So when he labels all of us and you, you guys, as being negative and reporting something, look, Jack put they put that uh, that um, Twitter poll out, and you know everybody has an opinion. Would you do this or wouldn't you do this? I don't think that's a statement saying that the Eagles are actually actively ready to trade AJ Brown for Sertain. And I think that's where it got it, – it, it didn't get squashed early enough by the, uh, the, the, the national media as it being just a poll, an opinion poll. Does that make sense? makes uh, perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, again, uh, sorry, AJ. I feel the need yeah. to apologize in advance. He's Twitter sensitive. Yeah, he apparently. eats all this stuff up. He deletes his Twitter account. He says he's getting away from Twitter. Then he gets back to Twitter and the like. And some of the athletes just have to realize that social media is not the be-all, end-all. That no. it's a certain percentage of the fan base that maybe is a little bit more opinionated, maybe is a little bit more negative. You can't then lump everybody else into the same exact category because you've read something on Twitter that really ticked you off. I always, When I read news or sports news or anything like that, I always want to know what, who's behind it, where's the money coming from, who's, who's pushing it one way or the other. Before I make an opinion on something, because that's the way news media is. I mean, there's one side and then there's another side, and it's not too much different in sports. Um, in this case, WIP likes to do entertainment. That, that's what you got. That's what they make their money on. I think you. I think you understand it well, Jeff, and and Thanks. you're a good caller. And I've heard you on other shows, and you're you're these sharp guy. So yeah. By the way, my social media account is currently filled with people who are agreeing with me on the roast pork issue. Really? Where were those people four <laughs> days ago when I put up the survey? A little late for that now. Uh, that's 5,000 votes. I lose 86.5 to 13. I, I, I never lost anything like that. All right. Well, whatever. You want to take another? No, you know, we'll take there, a break. We'll get callers when we get back. There's support, uh, Mac, man. Take the support. Take, take it and run with Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I know these people. They, they're they're good. I'm actually getting suggestions of new places to go. It's my favorite sandwich. There you have it. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Sunday on 94 WIP. So, Jody, we were talking earlier, Doc Rivers returns to town today. Not at all popular with this fan base. He's probably going to hear it from the people. And, oh, his ears his ears will definitely take it in. Doc Rivers yeah. does not ignore stuff. 
Uh, and that includes criticism he has received in the media, including from people who used to be colleagues. Um, you heard J.J. Reddick earlier this week? No, specifically oh. taking a shot at Doc. I did well, not see that. Here you go. This is J.J. Reddick earlier this week talking about Doc. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say. accountability. Jody? I did see the quote where Doc said he advised the Clippers to acquire James Harden. And look, look, I couldn't coach him. I couldn't handle him. But you guys, oh, my God, <laughs> he'll be a great fit for you. That's 2020 hindsight if I've ever seen it. Um, I'm not surprised. I, I'm not disagreeing with anything that J.J. said. Um, and here's the thing that – and I knew it was going to start this way. Doc Rivers gets hired. They fired the coach after only 40-some-odd games. And I talked to a couple people from Milwaukee, and they did tell me, Jody, it was a mess. Talk about not taking any bullets. That was a Giannis hire. Giannis Mm. liked the guy. They want to keep Giannis happy in Milwaukee. So they basically let him pick the coach. And he picked the guy who just wasn't ready for the job and or uh, competent enough for the job. So I'm not second-guessing. I I couldn't believe they fired a guy after 40-some-odd games. And at the time, they had the second-best record. I was going to say, they were playing. I don't know. I don't know that they were playing well, but their record reflected it. Yes, they had the second-best record in the NBA, tied for the second-best record behind only the Celtics when they fired him. So that didn't add up to me. I got some background information. I said, all right, I see where it's coming from. So they have Doc, who's a consultant. Apparently, Doc consults for all the teams in the NBA because he consulted the Clippers to make the James Harden trade. I wonder what he thinks of the uh, San Antonio Spurs. wonder if he consults with Pop because he put himself on the same level with Pop. Um, and he, he took three games to evaluate from the booth before he took over. They, they put a temporary yeah. coach, an interim yeah. coach in place, and he needed to watch the team for three games before yeah. he was ready to jump in and take over. Wait a minute. We fired our coach. We're giving a team to you. Get a whistle and get down there on the floor and start coaching. Yeah, that doc has been a major disappointment for me. All right, let's talk to Drew in Westchester. Hi, Drew. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, I guess I'm going gonna, gonna to align somewhat with your previous callers, like Paul, who's frustrated. Um, I'm not going to put a percentage on the negativity, but I can tell you that as a longtime WIP listener, I have listened a lot less in the past few weeks to the station because every time I put it on, within a minute or two, A.J. Brown is the topic of conversation, and it's it's just – it's overkill. It's overdone, and I think the – you know, I mean, everyone's entitled to call up and talk about what they want to talk about and, and host as well. It's their show, and they can steer the conversation in whatever direction they see fit, and sometimes it's a chicken-and-egg thing. It's a kind of symbiotic thing where the host, you know, only can talk about what callers want to talk about, but it's, it's not fun. It hasn't been fun to listen to the station – in the past few weeks because of that. It's just, it's just, we don't, I guess as a fan base, we don't handle losing well, maybe hosts as well in terms of, especially with a football team. So I just think 
you know, move on. I mean, this football team has been in the playoffs a lot in the past three decades, and it starts at the top, and Howie Rosen did not do a great job of structuring the defense especially. Not that he has an easy job, but I don't think he did a good job coming into this past season, and it showed. And that's really all I want to Thank you. Appreciate your point of view. Thanks. Uh, Chris in Dover. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's happening, guys? We're good. Glenn Rivers. My first point is Glenn Rivers. He's not going to take the Bucks to the championship this year. So they went from the second-best record in the NBA and fired the coach to bringing in Glenn Rivers, who's not even going to win him a championship and might not even make it to the finals. That's my prediction. Will Doc Rivers ever reach the, the Ben Simmons uh, enemy of the state status? Or he's not important no, enough. No, 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 no. no it's no. it's okay. Okay. Nah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Hey, uh, Glenn, I'm with you on the roast pork. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal sandwich, and and I'm definitely uh, with you on on that there one. You there sure. you go. Love it, Jody. I'm up. I'm, I'm I'm gaining ground, Jody. There you go. Yeah, you got a lot of ground to make up, but you're headed in the right. You're <laughs> trending in the right direction, Mac. That's man. exactly right. What? What's your guys' thought? I saw Bellinger uh, last night sign, right? Interesting deal. I'm assuming at this point you got to go out and grab what's best for you, right? Because, you know, it's spring training now. We're in mm-hmm. camp. And it's a good deal for, I feel like, for both the club and the player for sure. And- Let me say, I think it's a good deal. I think he didn't get overpaid, uh, which clearly, you know, Bor- I think Boris wanted a lot more. And, and Bellinger probably is like, let's, let's do the best we got right now. Right, let's bet on myself this year to go out and play one year and have a great year again and go back in the market, right? Yeah, right, so you're going to lead this three-year deal. Philly should do what? I want – I was. this is my opinion about it, thinking about things. What about Jordan Montgomery? Uh, any chance – first of all, where do you think he ends up, him and Snell? Any chance of something similar? Imagine him on this team for a similar deal, putting him in his starting rotation. What's your thoughts? Don't think it's happening. Plain and simple. I think they're good in their rotation. I think they think they're good in their rotation. So um, I, I I think I heard Scott Lober with you yesterday, MacMan, mm-hmm. and it uh, made sense exactly what he said. The Phillies have the third or fourth highest payroll in baseball as of right now, yeah. which John Middleton is willing to pay, which is a very good thing. Yeah, and a uh, lot of luxury tax off that. They're not going to jump into the where the Dodgers went this offseason or the Yankees or the Mets. But they're, they're ahead of everybody else in baseball and spending. And if they're going to spend more, why not wait until the season plays itself out a little bit? Let's see if this starting rotation is in need of a boost. And if they need to, they can make a trade and take on somebody who's got a big salary. I'd rather hold exactly as how the Phillies are doing rather than being uber-aggressive here and say, if you've got 15, 18 million more to add to your salary overall for the year, do it out of spring training? No, I'll, I'll wait till in-season to do so, and I believe Dombrowski would be able to pull that off if necessary. Yeah, I would not be upset if they signed Jordan Montgomery just because I think he's a good pitcher and, uh, you know, this, the, the old argument you can't have too much pitching. But you and I talked last week, and I told you I think Christopher Sanchez is going to have a good year, and so you go into a season – with a pretty solid rotation, and yeah, yeah, everything you said. If you need to make a change later, you can make a change later. It will be interesting to see if those up now that Bellinger signed to see if those dominoes fall in the next few days. The games have started. Spring training is underway. It's uh, you know, guys got to sign. 
working one more call before the end of the hour. Gen- uh, Mike in Warrington. Hi, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, Mike. Uh, Roseport for me, Jody. Uh, Glenn. Yeah, okay. That's great. <laughs> hey, I'd like to bring up a subject. I'm going to win this thing 90 to 10 now. Although, you know what? Are you laughing at me, Jody? No, I'm laughing at the situation. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to bring up uh, Bryce's contract again, the extension uh, situation. Uh, just, just for metrics sake, for the last 12 years, uh, Bryce has played 1,500-plus games, averaging about 125 games a year. All right, so Charlie Hurst, President Trump, trounces again. You're okay, up. all right. Thank you very like, much for the call. I don't know what he's got going there. In the I don't know what happened there. Man, but I don't uh, think we – necessarily need to have a third party in the conversation no that was kind of odd i don't even know that uh, if he wants to call back and try it again we can but um i think his point is that bryce harper rarely gives you a full season that's just the nature of it he breaks down a lot and so and i kind of agree with this point extending him beyond what he's 31 now and it's eight more years so you're extending him into his 40s i'm not willing to bet on that jody no, and if you're Bryce Harper and the Phillies don't want to do it right now, and seemingly that's the case, who knows? Maybe we'll have an announcement next week. They've redone his contract, and it goes uh, another two or three years on the back end. But if not, th- there's an upside and a downside to Bryce. The upside is play 155 games this year, big guy. First base, less wear and tear on your body. Uh, Phillies win a World Series, and then you're the toast of the town. And you can walk into uh, John Middleton's office and say, come on, now we got to do the right thing. So there, there's everyone thinks that it's all Bryce trying to force this. I don't think that he's been that heavy-handed yet. And if it does wait, if it does play out that this doesn't happen for a couple of seasons, he can end up getting even more out of it. We'll get even more. Very good point. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we'll talk some football. We are on the precipice of the Combine. They still do that in Indianapolis, right? They haven't moved that? Oh, yeah. Okay. And anyway. It's funny. Did you ever do the Combine? No. Fortunately, I, you? I didn't do the Combine, but one year I went to the baseball winter meetings in Indianapolis. Which uh, usually I did the have. NFL meetings once in Indianapolis. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So uh, same type thing. Um, Usually when they have the winter meetings, they try and have it in a tropical place. And the year I had to go for work, sure enough, it's in Indianapolis. Thank you very much. But it is cool in that you never have to go outdoors. Yeah. From the time you check into your hotel, everything is set up with walkways and conference and everything. And it is pretty cool that you don't ever have to bring a coat to get from the airport to your hotel. But that's it. You can hang up your coat and not take it out again until you're leaving town. Um, So I think it is very well run, and a, I know a lot of guys who have been there and covered it forever, and it is uh, very, very informational if you know the right people and you know how to handle your business. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that comes out of the Combine this week, so we'll have a ton to talk about. We Indeed we will. Jimmy Kempsky is going to join us from phillyvoice.com. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. And the gun is Howell. Howell takes the snap. He's back. He pumps. He looks. They've got him. They've got him. They've got him. It's Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick. Well, you know that's a highlight from the first half of the year. Before he was dropping into coverage all the time. Anyway, that is Hassan Reddick. 
uh, and nobody sacked a quarterback more for the Eagles than he in the last couple of years, and he will be a big topic of conversation over the offseason, and one guy who will engage in a lot of that and present a lot of good facts is our friend Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Glenn. How are you? We're great. We are great. So let's start with that because Jody and I have discussed it a lot, and Jody noted that the salary cap went up a lot uh, in the announcement the other day, which frees up money both for the Eagles and every other team in the league. How will that impact Hassan Reddick? And it's early, but what's what's your thoughts on where that may go? Yeah, the winner in that, uh, and there, I mean, it was anticipated that the cap was going to go up significantly all along, but I think it went up a little bit more than what was anticipated. So that's good. And and the winner in that is Redick, I think, in that it frees up more money for them to get. I mean, there was always going to be something they had to do with Redick's contract this offseason because he's got a cap number of over $20 million. He's got a base salary that's pretty high. I forget the number, the actual number of the base salary. But what they can do with that base salary is a number of different things. They can convert that into a bonus, kick, and then basically kick money into void years down the road, as Howie Rosen likes to do. That'll lower his cap number in 2024. They could do a uh, you know contract extension with him, in which you significantly lower that that base salary again. Again, that would lower his 2024 cap number even if it was a big contract that he signed it would probably lower that 2024 cap number uh significantly as well or they could trade him so those are the three options they're always going to have to do one of those three things with them so again having a little more cap freedom maybe gives them more of an opportunity to do that with him in my opinion that guy was like the nfl defensive player of the year in 2022 if we're including the playoffs because he went off at the end of the year uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, obviously had a huge playoff uh, against the Giants and the 49ers, knocked Brock Purdy out of the game, had more sacks, more forced fumbles than anyone in the NFL, if you include the playoffs that year. And then, you know, as you noted, numbers are down a little bit in 2023. I think he only had 11 sacks, one forced fumble. Uh, certainly he was a um, he was a victim of the change from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia and all the problems that they had defensively overall that certainly hurt his numbers but he's a good guy uh, I think he's well respected in the locker room and guys that have double digit sacks in four plus years are extremely valuable and extremely hard to replace so if you do trade them you better be getting really really good value in return and I kind of don't see that because from another team perspective Like, if you trade for him, you're going to have to give up a high pick. I mean, whether it's, like, a really high two or, like, a low one or something like that. And then you're also paying him a ton of money. So I don't see that marrying up. And I think, ultimately, he will stay with the Eagles on a redone deal of some sort. All right. Let me follow up on your they probably won't and shouldn't trade him because I'm in agreement with you there. Let me add one more factor to it. The Eagles have a new defensive coordinator, and it's a Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator that they wanted. And it's a defensive coordinator that was under contract to another team, the highest-paid coordinator in the league, and he just walked away and came to the Eagles, unbelievably so in pretty quick fashion. If you don't think there was tampering going on there, you're kidding yourself. But they did. They they wooed Vic away to come back and take over the Eagle defense. Would Howie Roseman even be able to think about? And, oh, by the way, first thing we're going to do, Vic, is trade your best defensive player. Because even in a down year, if you ask me who the Eagles' best defense player was, it was Hassan Reddick. So they start by trading their best defensive player. How's that going to go over with Vic Fangio? 
Yeah, I agree that um, he was their best defensive player last year, even if his numbers were down. Um, I would imagine that – I mean, so they've the, – the, the coaching staff that Vic Fangio has uh, – or, the, excuse me, the coaching staff defensively that the Eagles have assembled has Vic Fangio's fingerprints all over it. Like, almost all the guys that they hired have worked for him at one time or another. So he's basically making those hires. So, you know, I think it's, it's, as far as personnel goes, that will also be a collaborative press process in which he's involved. So if for some reason they do trade Hassan Reddick, I imagine it'll have Vic Fangio's stamp of approval on that. Um, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that they won't. I mean, he won't be, you know, final say, obviously. That'll be Howie Rosen and, you know, to a lesser extent, Jeffrey Lurie. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that if they were to trade him, Vic Fangio would have to be on board in some way because you're right. Like you don't want to take away the guy's best defensive player. And if he's adamantly against them trading a guy like Hassan Reddick, then you probably should just make him happy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, ultimately if, if something got done, then he, he would, he'd be fine with it or at least fine enough with it. But like I said, I don't think he's going anywhere anyway. Good. So it, it may just kind of be a moot point. All right, let's move on. The Eagles have the 22nd pick in the draft right now. The combine starts tomorrow. It's obviously going to go a long way toward determining whom they might take, although more often than not, I think almost every year, they end up trading out of that spot. Works better when they trade up than when they trade down. Um, But if they stay at 22, um, my sense is if I had to bet, I would bet cornerback before anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's likely they may take a cornerback in the first round? And are, are there any names that jump out at you? Yeah. So I think, um, when you look at the Eagles needs, you can look at them two different ways. One is through the draft and that's, you know, they're going to build long-term through the draft and then short-term they tend to address those issues in free agency. So the short-term needs are safety linebacker receiver. I don't think they're going to take any of those three positions in the first round of the draft. First round of the draft, I think it's either going to be offensive tackle or corner, as you said. So corner, I think there are actually a lot of different guys in this draft that sort of fit both the short-term and long-term needs that the Eagles have. And by that, I mean, they're probably going to need, like if they don't bring Avante Maddox back, and that's a whole separate topic, you know, whether they can, whether, uh, they move on from him and save money on the cap or they get him to take a pay cut, whatever. I think they could use a guy who can play the slot and uh, outside. Like I think we saw the Chiefs and McDuffie, that player, like <laughs> while he played in that Super Bowl, he could yeah, do it. Like, he played good. slot early and then he played outside this past year and he can do both. And he, he was able to follow Debo Samuel all over the field and shut him down. So I think a guy like that, would make a lot of sense for the Eagles. The guy that I think really would be a good fit would be Quinion Mitchell of Toledo, who can play inside, outside. Obviously not a super well-known name because he played at a smaller school. He was awesome at the Senior Bowl when we were there in January. Really well-regarded player. Ton of, you know, gets hands on, on passes like crazy. I think he was second in the nation in pass breakups, both in 2023 and 2022. A lot of picks in there as well. That's a really good player. He's a guy that makes a lot of sense. If we're talking about offensive tackle. By the way, then, just, to, just to add something, he he got the yep. Didinger seal of approval yesterday. Oh, did he? Okay. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a really good player. And then offensive tackle, you're looking for a guy that you can maybe develop over 
a couple, you know, a year or two to take over for Lane Johnson whenever he retires. Ideally, that's a guy who can also play right guard in the short term. So you're looking at kind of like a Sean Andrews type situation there, where you know they played him at right guard initially, with the idea that he would kick out to right tackle whenever John Runyon retired. And Andrews was a really good player initially; his career didn't work out, but that was sort of the plan with him. I think that plan makes sense for the Eagles uh, if they were to do that. Talies Fuega. Waga, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but <laughs> Oregon State makes sense as that kind of guy. And then a guy like Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, which is also where Lane Johnson came from, of course, would make sense more as a guy like you develop over a year. I don't know if he can play guard or not, but he's got extreme athleticism and uh, it, not unlike Lane and could you know, ultimately take over for him at right tackle. That would be a very unsexy, unsatisfying pick <laughs> for a lot of Eagles fans to go offensive tackle. Uh, as opposed to a corner or something like that. But I'd say offensive tackle, and I'm with you, corner is, is very high likelihood as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm booking on, I'm banking on corner too, but we got a lot to do before we get there. And part of it is something you kind of hinted at. I'll take it a step further. They've got two cornerbacks that, as of right now, are blatantly overpaid. And Devontae Maddox more so because his number one ability is supposed to be availability. He's just yeah. not available. He's always hurt. And James Bradbury took not only a step back, he took two or three steps back last year. And his cap number is pretty damn big. There is always the possibility of renegotiation. You say, listen, you want to be a free agent? We can cut you. We can, we, can, we can move away from you. But if you prefer to stay here and we redo the deal and you lessen our cap in a little bit, if they have those conversations with both, both of those two corners, how does it work out? Do they both sign on for a little bit less and acknowledge that they haven't lived up to their contract? Do they both say, oh, no, you want to make me a free agent? Go ahead, make me a free agent. I dare you to cut me. How does it play out with those two corners? And I think that conversation has to be had with both. How do you think it goes with both? So I think they can approach Avante Maddox with that, with, with the idea of a pay cut. As, you know, he missed 14 games in 2023. He missed games at three different junctures during the season in 2022. Uh, missed games in 2018, 2019, 2020. So, he, you know, like you said, <laughs> there are durability concerns there. Uh, I don't think they can do that with Slay or Bradbury. Bradbury's contract is such that they already kind of kicked the can down the road with his contract as much as they already can. His base sat, like his cap numbers are high, but his base salary is still just barely over a million for both for, you know, 2024 and 2025, the two remaining years on his deal. So there's, he really can't take a pay cut. Like, like you know, legitimately, like if he wanted to, couldn't really take a pay cut. So ultimately, I think they're going to cut him because whether whether they you know whether they part ways with James Bradbury this off season, next off season, or after his contract is finally like his last year of his contract, like it says 2025. So if they part ways during the 2026 off season, it doesn't matter. They're going to have a big dead money cap hit on him anyway. Because they already have void years on him going out to 2029. So, like, you're taking a big hit on him no matter what. So, I think in his case, if you bring him back, he's 31 years old. You're bringing him back with the idea that he's going to be a starter. And if you don't bring, like, if you bring him back with the idea, like, oh, he'll be a backup, this is really happening. Like, 31 year old backups who don't play special teams and are going to take a roster shot away from some of their younger player, it just doesn't happen. So, I think, you know, there are times where, it's ugly, and you don't want to do it, and you, but you just got to kind of bite the bullet and get. They can't bring him back. I mean, he was brutal down the stretch, and he's a really good guy. Awesome in 2022, takes accountability. 
know, played in the slot this year, uh, very unselfishly early in the year. But he was so bad at the, in the back half of the year that they, they, can't, they just can't bring him back, in my opinion. So I think he's gone without any kind of renegotiation or anything like that. Slay's contract is so unflexible at this point that there's really nothing they can do about his contract. And I don't think Darius Slay is going to go, you know what? I played bad last year. <laughs> yeah, I'll take less money. It's just not his personality. Yeah, no. Also, he made the Pro Bowl. He probably thinks he had a great year. Actually, I, he, you know, I think he was very clearly the you know, best cornerback by far uh, in 2023. So, you know, the, he has no – the Eagles would have no leverage whatsoever to ask him to take a pay cut. So he's going to be back on the roster and basically at the pay that he's already at. Jimmy Kemsky is our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Jimmy with a Y, Kemsky, K-E-M-P-S-K-I. With an I. I. So DeAndre Swift came in last year, did a really nice job for them, ended up fifth in the league in rushing. I would still argue that he was underused. They didn't use him much in the passing game. Mm-hmm. He, too, uh, is a free agent. and They, like a lot of teams, are unlikely to invest a whole lot of money long-term in a running back. Um, I don't like, other than him, none of the running backs on the – well, there's only another running running back on the roster now, I guess, is Gainwell, uh, who I'm not in love with. Do you think it's a second-day draft a running back? Do you think maybe they bring Swift back? There are a lot of other names in that market where you see him going. Yeah, there's a ton of you know good running backs in the free agent market this year. And we saw last year there actually weren't that many. In fact, Miles Sanders got the highest contract among the free agents that were available mm-hmm. last year. And, you know, he only got to deal those $4 million, 24, or, or excuse me, four years, $24 million, I think, so $6 million a year which, you know, isn't much for you know, the guy, a guy in position who, you know, got the highest paid guy at his position. So, um, you know, the Eagles weren't willing to go that high, even with Miles Sanders. I don't think they'll be willing to go that high with DeAndre Swift either. But I don't know what the market's going to look like for running back because there's so many, like Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, yeah. Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, Henry. DeAndre Swift. Derek mm-hmm. Henry. <laughs> yeah, there's a fifth guy I mentioned is Derek Henry. Yeah, so, like, it's a buyer's yeah, I mean, market. For sure, and I think what what a lot of teams are going to do, Eagles included, they're going to sit back and they're going to wait until that market kind of just falls and falls and falls, and they'll sign a guy at a reasonable number, which is you know what they tend to do at running back anyway. Whether that's DeAndre Swift or whether it's somebody else, I don't know. Maybe it's somebody out there. Maybe some other team out there really likes DeAndre Swift and potential that he can bring to a team. Like you said, they barely used him at all in the passing game, but he has that ability. But they you know kind of underutilized them that way uh, this past season. Uh, but, you know, maybe some other team really likes him and he goes a little earlier in free agency and he'll wind up signing somebody else or they bring him back because he becomes so cheap because the market is, you know, just so crappy at running back. So it could go either way, but they're not going to, I, I can tell you this, they're not going to spend a lot of money uh, on a running back. And that's where like a day two or day three pick on a running back. I can certainly see that too. As you mentioned, they only have one on the roster right now that, or at least one that was on the roster in 2023 and that's Gainwell. Boston Scott's a free agent. Rashad Penny, who they never used anyway, is a free agent. Uh, and Swift. So, yeah, I, I do see them addressing that both in free agency and the draft. Let me zero in on something you mentioned there, Jimmy, the fact that DeAndre Swift wasn't used in the passing game as much as some of us thought was going to be before the year started. Was that just Brian Johnson calling the plays? Was that Jalen Hurts not going to that option? Is he – I. Uh, uh, say what you want about Donovan McNabb. I always thought Donovan was great at the screen game. Having Brian Westbrook certainly helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Donovan was good at it. 
I just haven't seen that out of Jalen. It seems like a play he doesn't like the call that when in doubt, pull it down and make a play with my legs rather than try and flip it to a running back over a defensive end, blitzing in and see if he can break a tackle and make a positive play. Do you think that changes under the new offensive coordinator? Do you think Eagles running backs in the passing game will be a bigger feature in 2024? Yeah, I think uh, Nick Sirianni's kind of been like a broken record on the idea that the offense, the passing offense, goes through A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And, you know, I, I, it certainly makes sense, <laughs> like, especially A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, those guys are awesome players. Of course you're going to feed those guys. I think where they maybe went a little astray in that regard is you got to, you know, get the other guys mixed in uh, as well. So the, so the opportunity for your star players – opens up a little more like we saw AJ Brown have that five game stretch where you know, he's got 125 yards uh, in, in, you know, five, five or six straight games or whatever it was. And then teams really started keying on him, taking him away. I mean, you know, he still got his to some degree, but wasn't the MVP kind of level player that he was in the beginning, you know, beginning part of the season. And it's, you know, partly because nobody, they didn't get other guys involved like the running backs or, you know, the, the, the cavalcade of slot receivers that they used uh, last season so yeah I mean I, I think that's a good philosophy generally speaking but I think it was more Nick that and you know his his offense that the ball didn't go to the running backs that much I think the running backs actually had the the running backs as a whole on the Eagles they were dead last in the NFL in receiving yards either receptions or receiving yards that's the exact stat but they just wildly underutilized the running backs in general so yeah I do think you'll see an uptick in the usage of the running backs because they can't really get any lower. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, like, you'll see an uptick. More than zero regard. is one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I don't know how, to what degree, but, you know, uh, Kellen Moore had Austin Eckler last year with the, with the Chargers. He had, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, and he had Tony Pollard. Those guys were successful receivers in Dallas. So, yeah, I do think they'll get the uh, the running backs involved a little more in the, in the past game. Right, Jimmy in Kemsky, always, always a pleasure. I guess last question, when does Big Dom get the contract extension? <laughs> when does he get what, the contract extension? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been kind of a fun uh, uh He became a star. To... Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at, at the Senior Bowl, he was on the field which is, you know, isn't out of the ordinary. And he's down there, you know, to interview prospects or whatever and kind of just get a feel for their personality, mentality, and stuff like that. And there are, like, people that, I don't know, like other teams, like, oh, that's, there's Big Dom. <laughs> so, like, you know, reporters for other teams all know who Big Dom is. That's right. Whereas he, he's probably the only guy with his job in the league where he people know who he is. Yeah. So, yeah, he has kind of become a star in the NFL. There you go. Jimmy Kemsky, you're a rock star yourself. We always look forward to talking to you and uh, reading you. Uh, phillyvoice.com. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, thank Thanks, you. JK. Right. Oh, I forgot to ask him. Roseport. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We don't need to get his opinion. What, what's your takeaway there, Jody? You're winning in a landslide. I know. Just let it be. Today, so. That's correct. Uh, to quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I didn't get in with Kemsky, and I really wanted to ask about using the running backs out of the passing game. He understands the compensatory draft pick process. Oh, he's big on that. I yeah. Know. And I've read it 40 times, and I've talked to guys like Jimmy Kemsky and others like 20 times, and I'll be honest, I still don't completely understand how it works and the math theorem that they use or whatever. But there are places that are speculating not only what the Eagles are going to get, but where the pick is actually going to be located, which the NFL's not released that yet. They don't do that till 
like after the combine, they'll come out with here are the compensatory picks and exactly where they'll be located. Uh, Jimmy had this right all along. A a third round for uh, Hargrave and three fifth-round picks, two of which will be at the end. uh, They'll all be at the end of the third round, but two might be the first two third-round picks and then one a little bit later. As of right now, uh, Tankathon, which is a website I go to uh, for a lot of draft info, has them picking 97th, 170, 171, and 178 with their their four compensatory picks. You know, Mac, they need to use all of them. They, they, oh, yeah, they, they got a lot, of, some, lot of holes to fill. Some youngsters. They need to get a little bit younger. And I'm th- not talking about 53, uh, 97, yeah, maybe. But the fifth-round picks have to be depth guys that come in, can play special teams, and if you suffer injuries, can actually get on the field and play for you year number one. They do. And hopefully most of those guys are on the defense because they're really in trouble there. Uh, all right. Hey, by the way, Joe, you know what I hold my hand here? What the heck you grabbing? Hold on. I'll do it again. That's that's oh, a folded piece of is paper. Is it a folded piece of paper? Well, what kinda, the hell sorta. are you doing with a folded piece of paper? The Eagles don't play today. You know what this is? When is we it? come back, you remember on the, the day of the Super Bowl day, we uh, filled out that party prop sheet? You, me, party Justin? Oh, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea what you're talking about there. Yeah, for yeah, a second. that's what yes. I'm talking about. Maybe we bet a beer or two. Oh, and you know what worked? Uh, one, and uh, I think I got a couple wrong that day, but one I think we all agreed on, which I actually made money on. Um, and I know we got to get the break here. Um, Lengthiest field goal in the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> was that not one of them? That was one of them that we did. I want to see if we all agreed. I know that you got that one. Hold on. I think we all said longer. Length of the longest field goal, over 46 yards. Um, actually, I think we took the under on that. Not me. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, there I you are. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We took the over on that. We, we Every, all the over I think that. we went three for three over. 46.5 yards. We all had the over. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, before the game ever started, they talked about um, – field goal the guys out there warming up before the game you know it's indoors so it's going to be perfect conditions and they were saying both kickers 55 plus no problem so i made an in-game bet on that one before the game well maybe it's right before the game maybe the game had just started but you bet during the game there's live in-game betting and i took the over on that Three times. Yeah, I know. Three field goals Nailed over it. the longest ever in history of Super ever. Bowl. Yeah. It was yeah. the easiest bet I hit. I didn't hit too many on Super Bowl Sunday, but that was one I absolutely nailed with uh, yours and Justin's help. I, I believed it was going to be over, but I remember that being three for three. We also yeah, we did agree on that one. A yarder. Yeah. So we'll go over this, and I will just tell you I'm a little thirsty. 215. We've cleared the lines. Good time to get in. 215 592 9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Uh, we've got a little time to get you in before we hand it over to Phillies baseball today, which is very, very, very exciting. Hey, something else happened this week also, Jody, out of town. I was just curious if you saw. Did you happen to catch the interview with Anthony Rendon of the Angels uh, as he reported to camp and what he had to say. Yeah, I read it. I didn't see video of it, but I okay. did read what he had to say. So 
I, like you, I read it. That's that's true. I did not see the video, so I'm. You don't know the tone of voice he was using. You don't know the expression on his face, and that may impact it. But still, it was the kind of thing that if it's a guy on your team, you don't exactly love to hear him say. This is a guy who had signed a seven-year, two hundred forty-five million dollar contract. Uh, will make $115 million over the next three years, has been hurt a lot, but has not played all that well when he hasn't been hurt. And speaking to reporters there, he said, baseball has never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. When asked if it was a priority at all, he said, oh, it's a priority because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? Again, you know, maybe I'm misinterpreting, but boy, that sounds like a guy who has the opportunity to play Major League Baseball um, at the highest of all levels, make a fortune of money, and just based off of that, it's like doesn't doesn't really appear to give a damn. Um, it, what he what he has done is he's given up the benefit of the doubt. When you're struggling, when you're not playing well, when you're not coming up to expectations and your expectations are set by the massive contract that you signed, you better produce. If you want to take that attitude, hey, it's my job. You go to work. I go to work. We all do our job, and that's what we do. It doesn't define us. It doesn't make uh, up us a uh, different person because we do our job. Okay, you can have that attitude. And guess what? If you've got that attitude and you're an MVP candidate, you're good with me. You, you don't have to be a guy who lives, sleeps, eats, breathes your job. But when you cash a big check and if you don't get the job done, others will say, well, it's in part because he doesn't really love it. That it's easier to be good at it when you love what you do and that you are so dedicated that it is one of the most important things in your life. You give that up. And he chose to give it up. And if that's the way he feels, uh, I appreciate his honesty, but it would probably not be something I would do. First of all, I wouldn't be that way. But secondly, even if I was that way, I'd probably keep it to myself. Um, He gives up the benefit of the doubt when you say something like that. I'm not going to say that he's wrong. I'm not going to say that shame on him or he should be embarrassed or you should look to trade a guy like that. I don't care. You you don't have to prioritize uh, things the way I see them, but then you better be good at it because if you're not, you're opening yourself up for some significant criticism. Yeah, at minimum, it's tone deaf. Um, and, yes, I appreciate that, you know, good people love their family first, and if he has faith and that's a big deal for him, then I'm, I'm you know, I'm not in a position to argue that, but what it comes across to me is like, yeah, I'm just – I mean, it's almost the Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here because I get paid. Marshawn said it in terms of facing reporters, which he didn't like to do. This guy says it mostly. It's like it's his job. I'm here. It's my job, so I'm here. So what do you want to know? Um, and there's part of me that has always felt, not that I think you know, 99% of players who make it at that top level take their job very, very seriously. They stay in shape. They work hard. They study. They look at film. But I also think there's a part of it that fans take it more seriously than players. And maybe players have to be this way in terms of the wins and losses and so on. Um, fans take it harder than players, which makes something like this hard to take. I remember, it might have been when you and I were working together. It may have been when Anthony and I were working together. There was a year when the Flyers got knocked out of the playoffs. And we were so bummed out. 
it wasn't it wasn't ninety seven when they lost uh, in the cup to Detroit, but it was no. a year where they were expected to go far, and they got knocked out early, and they ended up that night like a bunch of them six eight ten players down in Atlantic City at a casino, um, betting and playing and doing stuff. And I remember we talked about it the next day. If it was you, let me know. It, it, Always me. Oh, it was yeah. you. Okay, remember oh, absolutely. that. absolutely. Yes. And it's like we're broken-hearted, can't get off out of the chair, and they're, like, going down to Atlantic City. It's just like how can they get over it that fast? Yeah, you and I had a difference of opinion on this. Yeah, it bugged um, me then. It bugs me now. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> bug me near as much. Here's why. When something like that happens, I'll, I'll use a specific word, and it is usually used in describing something else other than losing a sporting event. Different people suffer through grief differently. Not everybody reacts the same exact way to having something come up in your life that is going to make you sad, make you upset, uh, take your emotion level down. And different people handle it different ways. And I don't think we get to dictate to anybody else how they handle their grief. You're allowed to handle it the way that you want to. I didn't have a problem with the Flyers going down to AC. If that's how they needed to just get away from it, be able to exist, just put their mind at ease for a couple hours, if they wanted to do it, that's their choice. Now, if they went down and got themselves in trouble and overstepped the law or something like that, yeah, you can't do that. But if you just want to go down and play blackjack for two hours just to get your mind off what happened to you, I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with that. And I think fans do not only react, overreact with uh, players not matching up with their same exact emotions after a loss. Yeah, we had that argument 25 years ago. Yeah, we we did. How about that? Still disagree. Haven't changed. Neither one of us. That's good. No, we're pretty entrenched in that, and that's fine. All right, so here you go. This was our bet online party prop sheet from the day of the Super Bowl. I, I don't want to read all of them, but we bet on length of the national anthem. Actually, Justin was the only one that said that she was going to go over on that. Uh, we bet on uh, who's going to get Man, the first see, penalty. I, I, mm. I, if I owe you beer, I owe you beer. I don't remember it that way. I said it was definitely going to be over. No, I wrote it down. Okay. I did. I think I did. I mean, I know I wrote it. I, I record. I believe I recorded us accurately. And I believe in the end, I I'll, I can send you an email, of it, a photo of it. I I won seven, Justin five, Jody five. So good. Good on you. I believe your overall accounting is accurate. But uh, and I didn't bet. I know the field goal one. I definitely said over because yeah. I actually bet it made money on it. Actually, it was more deferring losses. But <laughs> Uh, it's one that I did get right on the few I got right. Uh, I didn't didn't venture out on the length of the uh, the, the national anthem, but Let's I see thought if I can that find it would come one off. that we were. Uh, well, the one that you were right on and we were wrong on was who was going to win. No, 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 no. No, me, I like no, no, San no. Francisco. I, got, I circled yes. it the other way. Yes. See, uh, MacMan, you're going to have to send me a copy of that. No, no, I, I, I got I it think, circled right. I it's think right you're here. a bad t- transcriber. No. <laughs> I misspoke. Justin and I took Kansas City. You took the Niners. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I, was, I got that. Uh, that. Like I said, more wrong than right. I'm not surprised that I came in last because I had uh, certain expectations for the game that didn't turn out, but uh, a couple of them I did get right. So at, at some point, uh, I got to collect a beer from you guys, which uh, in the case of you and I, 
you can actually just literally pour me a beer on a tap on Wednesday for free and hand it to me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And you will have paid off your bet. Done deal. Uh, if I have to leave the tip, I'll leave the tip. Not a problem. We're doing a show. Well, maybe. <laughs> if there's a server, you leave a tip. But you and I are going to be doing a, a couple episodes of What's Brewing from uh, uh, King's – darn, I forgot the name. King's West? Is that the name of it? King's Highway. Yeah, on King's Highway, yes. Right. Okay. And and looking forward to that on Wednesday. All right. Anything else you want to get in before we uh, finish this show? Um, Other than uh, feel free to let Doc Rivers know about how you feel about me. <laughs> Go ahead. We've, we've talked a lot today, Glenn, about emotion and passion, and it starts with A.J. Brown and coming, calling the station and coming on and go, come on, you guys, you don't understand me. It's just me being a passionate guy, me being willing to call your guys out when they're not getting the job done around you. More power to you, A.J. We love the fact that, and oh, by the way, I think he picks up the slack a little bit for his quarterback who doesn't show a lot of emotion, so he might be mm-hmm. motivated to do it because that's just not Jalen. He even said that when he was on the air, that you don't see that from Jalen. So he's maybe helping, trying to help out his quarterback by doing so. You just got to keep your emotions in check. If you want to boo Doc Rivers today, you want to let Doc Rivers hear it, feel free as far as I'm concerned. Just don't go blue. Don't. There's no reason for profanity, use of profanity or whatever. But if you want to let Doc know what you think about his era here in Philadelphia, feel free to do so. Well said. By the way, it's King's Road Brewing. That's where we're going to be on Wednesday. Nice. Yeah, I'll looking be there. forward to that. All right. We've got one more segment to go. 215-592-9494. We're going to hand it off to Phillies baseball. Phillies against the Yankees. First televised game where you can, of course, Listen to it right here on 94 WIP. When we get back, we find out from our producer, Justin Morgenstein, what did we forget to talk about today? Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The Bet Parks app, the only casino and sports betting app that I recommend and I use myself because it's safe, secure, easy to use, and they give you so many different choices. Like casino games. If you're a casino game player, you can do it 24-7 on the Bet Parks app. The hottest game slots, you got, you name it, they've got it right at your fingertips. Play Blackjack, Texas Hold'em with a live dealer right there on your phone. You can live bet any sporting event you want. In addition to making wages before the game, you can make them during the game. If you get a good sense of what's going down, doesn't matter what sport, hoops, college or pro, hockey, MMA, golf, and more. Bet Parks has a great offer for you to join right now if you've never played with Parks before. Download the app, and for you new customers, get up to a $1,000 casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours of casino play. New users only. Casino bonus must be wagered. Terms and conditions to apply. See website at betparks.com for all the details. Must be 21 in either Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. You love to play. You play to win, you bet, bet parks. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Jody, one thing we didn't get to today that we uh, kind of talked about before the show was the uh, Derek Gunn tweet uh, about during the season after Big Dom was suspended, uh, Nick kind of lost his composure a few times, and I know you had something to say about that. Yeah, um, and D. Gunn is both a friend of yours, a friend of mine. We both uh, know and acknowledge he's got some pretty damn good Eagle sources and guys talk to him. So I'm not doubting the veracity of D. Gunn's stance. It, it may very well be accurate. Don't know that, but I'll take D. Gunn at his word because he's good at what he does. If that's the case, shame on Nick Sirianni. 
I, I'm a Sirianni guy, and I was not one of those banging the drum for they got to fire him, he's got to go, he's not the coach. I was more of a defender than a detractor. But year three, he's not a wet-behind-the-ears coach in the NFL anymore. He's not a first-time-ever coach, and he took a team to a Super Bowl. In year three, he needs to be held back by a head of security from controlling his emotions on the sideline? Come on, that's on Nick. That's not on Big Dom. That's not on the NFL. The fact that he needs someone to keep him in check during the game, if D-Gun is accurate, that's on the coach. Yeah. That's a that's a self-awareness, a self-check thing, that he's just got to get better at himself. Yeah, he's really got to uh, start to show some more um, m- emotional maturity. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's – I mean, we've seen moments of it, and when they're winning, it's like, oh, look at that. He's, you know, waving to the Kansas City fans, kind of giving them the business. So like, okay. But it's it's really something that an NFL coach has to be above, and he has not shown himself to be that. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. And, you know, we talked earlier about some news reports that you don't believe in some news reports that are just kind of contrived. There's nobody in this town with Eagles – who I think has as much long-term veracity as Derek Gunn. Correct. So, yeah, we, we big, t- big time and big-term respect for Derek Gunn. All right, Flyers-Penguins this afternoon. What do you think about that? Back-to-back is tricky, but the Pens are just not as good as they used to be. So why can't the Flyers go in there and get a win? Uh, they played well yesterday and win, but they played tough against uh, maybe the best team in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, a little back-to-back. Let's see the the toughness of the team. I've liked it all year long, so show it with a W today. Sixers against the Bucks uh, and Doc Rivers. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see Pat Bev against uh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Pat really set that thing. Pat Bev set that thing up, man. He did, and that's the the inside story and the bigger story, Bucks against Sixers. Um, They, too, could use a win. I'll believe at home they find a way to get it. I think Lowry will probably play well. And uh, I give credit to Daryl Morey. I think he improved the team in the trade deadline and since the season ended with the buyout of Kyle Lowry. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Let us find out from our producer, Justin Morgenstein, what did we forget to talk about today? Yeah, so we just brought up the Flyers. And, of course, back-to-back yesterday, tough loss. Uh, was in the building, though, great atmosphere. And I got to say, there are a few things in sports that quite – I guess scratch my back like a good fight in hockey. And the oh, fight between oh. Delurier and uh, who was it? Uh, I'm forgetting his name, of course. Ramp. Uh, Ramp. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ramp, yes, right. It was, that was incredible, man. Like, that was one of those fights that it's just you see other sports. We talked about the brawl between the Heat and the Pelicans yesterday. Yeah. That, that's going to lead to suspensions, fines. This is five minutes in a penalty box here. And then they, they just go back like it never even happened. So it's one of, one of those things that's just – Man, one of the cool things about hockey that still exists. Yeah, but hold on. Delorier got his head handed to him. Ah, I don't know. At the R- end, Rimp, he kind of got Rimp a shot. Is, he is huge. He is gigantic. He held him, like, at arm's length the entire time. If Delorier threw one punch that didn't land, he threw 20. That didn't even come close to land. He just kept throwing, but he didn't land anything. Delorier with the loss, but I will say a respectable loss in that he just hung in there forever. Yeah. Oh, tough as all get out. And he, he got a couple late late round points, but but definitely unanimous decision against him. But hey, Mr. Hockey wasn't guy, a knockout. Right no, you say? it wasn't. You are Mr. Hockey guy. Uh, uh, give me your opinion on this. 
Whoever pulls the guy to the ice, everybody thinks they won the fight. Yeah, no, no, no. And Delorier <laughs> took him down. No. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going, did you watch the same fight? I yeah. did. He just got beat up. Yes, that's that That part of it can be very overrated after you yes. get 37 punches to the face. <laughs> yes, no question. He looked good uh, pumping up the crowd after this. That was Yeah, awesome. listen, that's the good. crowd loved it. So, uh, you know, there you go. All right, what else? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Kyle Filipowski of Duke yesterday, Ooh. as uh, they lost to Wake Forest, there was a court storming, and it looked like he, you know, could have been he stuck an arm out or – the fan went and got him, but he ended up look like spraining his ankle on a court storming. And now, you know, John Shire and all the uh, people from Duke are upset about the court storming. And that leads into the debate. You know, should court stormings exist though? I know Caitlin Clark, there was a interaction with her when Iowa got beat a few weeks ago and it just leads to the debate. Like should court storming still be a thing? Gotta stop. Gotta stop. It has to stop. And the fact that the ACC has no punishments in place is a massive shame on a big conference, specifically in basketball, that they have nothing in place to take any action. That's ridiculous in 2024. So is the answer that, you know, the, the home the home school, the home team, has to uh, guarantee it doesn't happen, and if it does, what? They, they forfeit the game? Here would be my worry about that. If you go that far, other teams would have enough players around the uh, fans around the court they'd make sure that they could storm the court if their team lost. And you get the Trojan horse saying. stormers. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm scared of. So I, what, I would so not have a do? problem with that punishment. There's got to be at least fines, maybe loss of scholarships. You, you got to hit them with something. I guess. I mean, the problem is you're you're punishing the players for something that the fans are doing and you have to and fans fans can be dopes. It's a tough one. No, I agree with you that it's got to stop. What are you talking stop? about? Fans could be dopes, Glenn Mac. Now I didn't know that was a possibility, really. Uh, once or twice, uh, and so it's really tough. It, you know, you're trying to you're holding the school up for something that the fans are doing, and it's it's tough. I guess it's just you got to have more security. I guess it's got to be you tell students like if you do that. Actually, the punishment should be that the students who do it get suspended. That's got to right. be the punishment, right? Yeah, but then you're going to have security taking students off of the court and trying to get their name and everything. It's not easy, but no, something must be done. The present solution of do nothing doesn't work. I agree. Anyway, Jody, always a pleasure. Justin Morgenstein, great job by you. Jody, I will see you Wednesday at the King's West Brewery in Haddonfield. We'll drink some beer, Jody, and have some fun. It will be my pleasure. Thank you, Mac, man. All right. Stay tuned. Phillies baseball coming up next. Phillies-Yankees right here on 94 WIP.